Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Blog Podcast. Uh, Nathan Sacken here with you. Travis Krins, my good friend and co-host of this podcast as well, the 2080 Baseball Podcast, which you can find on iTunes, is with me as well. Uh, we are doing this podcast this week. Uh, don't know. If, probably won't be doing one next week or maybe the week after. We'll have to wait and see. Baby Stack and Watch is still here, at least as of the recording of this podcast. So uh, by the time some of you listen to it, who knows? I might have a kid. We, we, we just don't know, Travis. We just don't know. You just don't know. It's going to pop up, pop out at any moment. It could, yes. It, it's not imminent, but it could happen at any time. Uh, uh, yes, good. So uh, we were just talking fantasy football before we got on here. Uh, you have are most likely going to beat uh, my mom, so good well, job there. Potentially. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. You need this one to make the playoffs. Uh, we'll see how it all breaks down. But uh, A win here would go a long way. Right, because next week is the, the last regular season of the fantasy football season. There are, though, four weeks left in total for the year. And the Minnesota Vikings, if the season ended today, would be your one seed. They couple you know thanks to a win over atlanta coupled with a philadelphia loss to seattle are the one seed based on like a fourth tiebreaker i didn't know i thought i would have thought that divisional record would have meant something it apparently does not at least not amongst the first four tiebreakers and as a result minnesota is the top seed in the north or at and or they're they're on tops of the North. They're top of the NFC. And I tell you, Crins, right now, I'm deathly afraid of Green Bay because they sit just two games back and things are look shaping up pretty good for them as long as they don't trip up against Cleveland. And I people keep saying, it, like, hey, hey, don't worry about Green Bay. I welcome them. I'm like, you know what? If the Falcons had beat the Vikings on Sunday, they would have had a two-game lead over them plus had the tiebreaker. I don't feel that scared of of them uh, or of Green Bay getting in if Atlanta wins that one. Then they have a tough test with New Orleans. So Atlanta has to win this week here. Otherwise, oh, look out. Here, come, here comes Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because they play Cleveland this week and then Aaron Rodgers returns uh, for a game against Carolina. And assuming Carolina loses to the Vikings this week, then... If the Packers win, they'd have a tiebreaker over Carolina because they'd have the same record. So I almost have to cheer for the Panthers this week because I am so deathly afraid. I, I am so deathly afraid of Green Bay in the playoffs, and not just because I'm afraid that they could do a lot of damage in the playoffs, even though they certainly can. But it's the fact that the Super Bowl is in Minnesota this year. Can't have it happen, Krenz. I know you you would love to see it, uh, but maybe the Vikings have turned you around slightly. Just, I can't have the Packers in the playoffs. I'm freaking out about this here, and no one seems to get the get what I'm talking about and the sense of urgency in which I'm speaking about. Yeah, you're talking about the Vikings losing games so Green Bay doesn't make it. I don't care. Sacrifice seeding. <laughs> That's bad. That's terrible. That's um, if the Vikings beat Green Bay on Christmas, then Green Bay's not making the playoffs. Well, that, that we can only hope go that. To Green, go to Green Bay, beat the Packers, knock them out of the playoffs. As simple as that. So if you think they can do that, 
You don't have anything to worry about. They're going to beat the Browns this week. Uh, they got the Panthers. Who knows what's going to happen there? They end the season in Detroit. Detroit's a fucking joke. So um, <laughs> Green Bay's got to win out here. They got to win the rest of their games to be ten and six. And even then, that not that may not be enough. So if they do that, they will have ended the season eight out of nine wins, which is pretty damn good. Oh, wrong thing here. The wrong thing. They will have ended the end of the season on, on a good note. They will have won. Uh, five in a row, and they need to win five games in a row here. There's one down and, and four to go, and three of them are on the road. So, good luck to the Packers. I hope they get in because it makes it a lot more interesting. Um, if, if the Vikings beat them uh, before Christmas Eve, then, uh, then none of this will matter. Yeah, that's right, but I mean, I don't even want it to come to that, but you're right. I've been saying here for a little bit, or I've at least been thinking about it, that Cleveland could be 1-15 this year, and if they could somehow beat the Packers, I would be stoked, and I don't think it is out of the realm of possibility, because Brett Hundley looked terrible this week, and the Browns, I know, they, I know they're bad, but Josh Gordon in his first game back played pretty well. He got four catches, 85 yards. That Packers secondary is terrible. I just... I'm not saying it's going to happen for sure, but I give Cleveland a decent shot this week against Green Bay. Who's the worst team in the NFL? <laughs> the Browns. Is that right? Oh, like, who else would you say? The Giants? Browns, they lost to Pittsburgh. First game of the year by three. Yep. Browns lost to the Colts in Indy by three. Do, yeah, Browns but they were down by 10. I think they scored a late touchdown. Oh. They could have. But, yeah, you're right. Three-point game. Browns lost at home to the Jets by three. Yep, should have won that yeah. one. Lost in overtime to Tennessee at home in overtime. Yep. By three. Yep. Four games. Four games they lose uh, all by three points. So, I mean, they're not a good team, but... Uh, I don't know if they're the worst. They got a point differential 132, which is is the worst. I mean, the Giants are bad. Denver is bad. The Colts also bad. So there's there's teams in the mix here for being just absolutely awful. Speaking of the Giants, they fire Ben McAdoo on Monday and also fire J, uh, GM Jerry Reese. Uh, not surprising, given I think that. You know, I think Ben McAdoo was going to get fired regardless. I don't know if, about Jerry Reese or not. I think he was probably on the chopping block as well. But after what they did last week regarding Eli Manning, oh my heavens. Uh, oh my God. They, this, How dare they? How dare they bench Eli Manning? I don't know. Listen, you don't bench a guy who has 210 consecutive starts, two you Super Bowls. You don't because he he's the face of your franchise. He's like the... He is as professional as they come. You don't do that to him just to get a look at Geno Smith. Hell, you looked at him. He played in the same damn building as you did for a, not like for five years. He sucks. Um, you know what? His last, Eli Manning's last game was what two weeks ago? What was it uh, Thanksgiving game against? Yeah, Redskins? he he was not good in that one. He was not good. I fully admit that. And and the Giants have a bunch of injuries and. I mean, this is a waste of a season here. Yeah. He was 13 or 27 for 113 yards. I mean, there's no, I mean, play him, don't play. None of this, I don't know. Again, we talked about this yesterday. I don't know why. People got very upset about this. I don't know why. 
I, I don't care at all. Bench him. Don't bench him. It sounds like he's probably going to play the rest of the year now. Like, what does what the hell does this matter? It, they act like you know, like he's his brother or Tom Brady or one of these like all time like Brett Favre. This is just, this is Eli Manning for Christ's sake! My God, like he's like has he, has he ever been one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league? Maybe you can make if you got a look at it in depth. You could say, "Oh, maybe it's one year." He was one of the ten best players, but Christ, well, all the guys you worked up about. This is just okay. They're not even like they're not even in the playoff race. They won two games. Uh, they should start over. They're going to have a top five pick. Pick a quarterback. Clean house. I, this is people just were went absolutely nuts. Well, because again, he he is. In the face of the Giants, he's won two Super Bowls. Um, I don't care about his streak at all. I, I mean, I don't care at all about that. Oh, I think the, the streak's been talked about a little more than than what you probably realize. Uh, I mean, it, they care about. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't care about it. People seem to like. Oh, he started two hundred games in a row. Yeah. Now it's stopped. like, all right, that's fine. That's it. It's a cool little thing to have. He's never been hurt. Right, but, That's I mean, great. so why stop him? There? I mean, okay, so the, Ben McAdoo is like, okay, hey, you could play for a half to keep the streak going, and then we're going to play Geno in the second half. Like, this is no damn preseason game. Like, it don't, don't, it's not even worth it then. So Eli had the right, uh, you know, reaction to that. I think when you look at it, it's like, okay, of all the people to blame for the Giants' failures, Eli Manning... Is probably like fifth, sixth on the list. Ben McAdoo being one, GM Jerry Reese being another. The defense sucking, injuries, uh, poor you know drafting on the offensive line. Eli has no time. They have no running game. Like it just if, of all people to try and make a statement about, you're making about Eli. I mean, come on, that that's just terrible. And I think the way. Eli commands a respect. I mean, he's he's so mundane. He doesn't show a lot of emotion. But you take a look at the reaction across the league of current players and even former players. There's going to be a demonstration reportedly by uh, Jay Glazer of Fox Sports reported this or tweeted this out that there's a group of former Giants that are going to go to the game this upcoming week against Dallas wearing uh, Eli Manning jerseys. Now, I don't know if they'll follow through with this now that uh, that owner John Mara is kind of cleaning house a bit but he it certainly doesn't make him look good uh I think it's just when you have a, a guy that's as light as Eli Manning and I've never heard New York talk radio obsess about a guy as much as they did Eli Manning just you know defend him to the day I mean this is a sad day I I, I just a think sad day. Oh, it's a sad, sad day for New York sports I'm not saying like a sad day in my life I just look at the whole thing, and I'm looking at this as an outsider. And you know how much I got ticked at Stan Kroenke for moving the the Rams to L.A. and not even giving a shit about St. Louis or really trying to make something work. Uh, I don't know why I get uh, so worked up and and anxious about these things. But when I see something that crosses my moral compass, I'm gonna attack it. And this 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 crossed the line, in my opinion. Good. At least a black quarterback is now starter for the Giants for one game. That's good. Uh, looks like Geno Smith played fine. Uh, Couple of fumbles. Played just, 
probably play just as well as Eli, Eli Manning will play. So, again, yeah. I mean, it's none, none of this matters. So, uh, but the Vikings win 14-9 to get back to them, so that was good. It was a pretty boring game, but Case Keenum, another efficient day, 25 of 30, couple of touchdowns. Uh, defense played well. I didn't think they played quite as well as the as you know the final stats indicated, but that's that's just me. I mean, when you have no sacks or no turnovers, sometimes you know that doesn't always tell the full story, and it didn't in this one. But uh, when the Vikings' offense needed to put something together, they did it. Uh, what a fifteen play eighty or eleven play eighty nine yard drive that took eight minutes or so off the clock. Uh, score the go-ahead touchdown, and then they ran the clock out with four or five minutes left. Uh, it's quite the quite the performance by these Vikings who have now won eight in a row. May have been uh, maybe the best defensive performance. Nine points against Atlanta, who has scored a bunch of points. Uh, Matt Ryan didn't do anything. They gave up 275 yards total. Uh, one for ten on third down. Atlanta yep. one for ten. That's the stat of the game. Well, you're not winning much if you're one for ten on third down. Xavier Rhodes, he's the best cornerback in the league. Harrison Smith is the best safety. Everson Griffin is the best defensive back. So if you have the three best players at a position, uh, your defense is going to be really good. Oh yeah, and Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks are uh, Eric Kendricks oh, yeah. are bad too. They're in the middle. So that this team's uh, loaded. Mr. Three Wayne's is doing all right this year, so good to see Three Wayne's do some stuff and Kendy uh, Alexander improving. So, a yes. couple of guys who have not, not done well uh, doing just fine, it and, looks like. And I like Anderson Dayhill. Sometimes he does get a personal foul penalty that oh. you, you don't like, but he's a hard hitter. And, you know, he's just one of those guys that you just think, okay, he, this is where he'll kind of falter. No, he, he makes a big play here and there. He, he He's all over the field. He's a great compliment to Harrison Smith. I would like him to tackle a guy instead of just fucking running at him. Well, that, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, well, it would be nice to see the guy tackle. Wrap use your off. goddamn arms, use your hands instead of just running a shoulder to the guy. It pisses me off. Man, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Anything else NFL related, or will, or should we move on? Well, uh, Xavier Smurray, he's done well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, nine, nine, nine different receivers. Nine different players caught passes, so if they if they win next week, I fourteen and two, thirteen and three at the worst. So. Jerk, Jerk McKinnon's uh, touchdown dance. He does the dirty bird. How much did that make yeah. you? Uh, did that make you remember the days of the dirty bird? Uh, I was very. That was good. That was a good good celebration. I enjoyed that uh, immensely. Yeah, the flashbacks of Jamal Anderson danced through my head. So. Vikings get Carolina this week. Uh, should be a very good game there. Uh, remember, I think last year we didn't expect the Vikings to go into Carolina. I think that was week three and pounce on the Panthers, and they did. And I think that's when you started to believe that this team could do something. And ultimately, injuries to the offensive line and Mike Zimmer's eye killed the season. But, but you know, this year things have been going good, so hopefully that will continue this week in Charlotte. College football championship Saturday wasn't great. American Athletic Conference had the best game. Uh, Turf had some issues there in Indianapolis. Ohio State uh, ruined my hope of 
Clemson, Wisconsin, so I could put 42 points on the Clemson Tigers uh, in our bowl pick'em. Which, by the way, it's the Sports Lounge. Uh, you can find us uh, on ESPN. Join us. Uh, test your wits against the likes of me, yours, uh, you, uh, Charlie, Marcus, the whole gang. We'll all be there. So test your uh, wits. Sports Lounge. It's a group on. ESPN.com. Bowl season starts December sixteenth. But what was your thought? What were your thoughts on uh, on uh, championship Saturday? Wasn't very good. Central Florida scored a bunch of points. Ohio State Wisconsin was all right. Clemson killed Miami. Yay! Uh, that was very good. Uh, Auburn stuck with Georgia for about two and a half quarters. And injuries just they just couldn't score. So Georgia makes it. Uh, yeah, not 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 great. Not very good. So uh, two, two of the top four get knocked out, and two others make it. So good, uh, good for them. Joe Thomas, uh, when he tweets, Thomas. Joe Thomas, Browns offensive tackle. When he tweets, it's uh, it's it's very, uh, very thoughtful. He he has some very good tweets out there, and he says that the college football playoff should go to eight teams, five conference winners, and three at-large teams. Would that solve? Everything, anything, at all. I've always wanted sixteen teams. Um, every conference, what there's ten conferences. Mm-hmm. In your conference, you get in. That why, just like every other sport at every other level, if you win your conference, you get in the playoffs. You have a chance to play for the national title. That will never happen. Uh, I think they're going to stick with the fourteen playoffs here for uh, for many many years. Um, Whatever it is, you're just going to shift the debate down further and further. Um, this year seems pretty – an 18 playoff this year would seem pretty cut and dry. You have the top four. You'd have, what, uh, Wisconsin in there. You'd have Ohio State in there. USC? You'd have uh, Auburn and USC as your top eight. Uh, Penn State, what, Penn State at nine? Whoever's at nine, I mean, the USC would be the eighth seed, I think. And um, you have all five conference champs in. You have Auburn as a wild card. Wisconsin, uh, who's it? Yeah, Wisconsin's a wild card. And uh, who's the other one? Uh, Alabama's a wild yep. card. So yep. I, 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 I so, think. I mean, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, it, it, it would be fine, but I mean, once we're getting into the two loss teams, um, I, I'm sure they would make more money uh, this way. I mean, a couple more games. That's worth a couple hundred million dollars. Yeah. But uh, but Penn State, I mean, does Penn State belong in the discussion to play for a national title? Uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, and I, I get where Joe Thomas is coming from here because I a lot of people, the whole debate, there was no mystery around Sunday apart from the four seed. Would it be Ohio State or would it be Alabama? Um and I get where he's coming from. I wish Central Florida would have gotten a little more love and support. I would love to have seen what they could do in the college football playoff. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't think it's ever going to happen uh, unless you have a, a very mediocre group there in these Power 5 conferences, uh, if, if it were to expand to 8. But I do like the, the thought of an 8-team uh, playoff. 
So I think Joe Thomas is right there. But when Sunday came, you we knew Clemson was going to be in. We knew Oklahoma was going to be in thanks to the, their Big 12 championship. We knew Georgia would be in after they beat Auburn in the SEC championship. So it was really down to Alabama or Ohio State. Were you fine with the selection committee that they took Alabama over Ohio State? Yeah, thinking about it, I think most people... Um, realize you can't lose to Iowa by 30 points, 31 points. You can't do that. Um, as we said last week, Ohio State had better wins, but they had worse losses. Yep. And Alabama, Alabama doesn't have that good win this year. There's no, I mean, they beat Mississippi State and LSU. I mean, they're just, I mean, Florida State being bad. Who would have uh, ever, but who would have thought that at the yeah. time, you know? And, yeah, I mean, you knock out the quarterback and they just weren't the same. Like, if, if they would have been a nine-win team, um, and even if uh, Francois doesn't get hurt in that game, I still think Alabama beats them. Yep. But, uh, you know, if, if Florida State were like a nine-win team, then I think there is no debate. But there's a little bit of debate. But, again, you cannot lose to an unranked team by that margin. And, and something that I don't think you looked at as much is game control and how you win games. All these teams have won all their games. They're all one-loss teams. So look at how they won. I mean, Alabama's been somewhat unimpressive in some in some games. Uh, but you look at Ohio State, they by all means should have lost to Penn State. Uh, trailed 90% of that game. So you look at them, I mean, they, and they were not impressive versus Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. They, Wisconsin just stayed in that game, and they have the ball with a minute left at midfield with a chance to win it. So even when Penn State, or when Ohio State played, Wisconsin and Penn State, the two best teams they played all year, Outside of Oklahoma, they 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 won, but it sure as hell wasn't impressive. So um, yep. I think Alabama Alabama would beat Ohio State if they played. And uh, I mean, the four best teams this year made it, so that's that's good to see. So Clemson and Alabama, a rematch, uh, third year in a row that these teams will play. They're trying to be okay. like Golden State, uh, Cleveland in the NBA Finals. Oh uh, yeah, I. I'm surprised that Alabama's opened up as a favorite. I like Clemson a lot in this. I think Clemson obviously is not as good as they were last year, but neither is Alabama. And I think Alabama is not as good. Um, they've had a steeper drop off this year than uh, than Clemson has. So I like Clemson, and I I think they're going to win by about ten points. I would hope so. I mean. You know, people are talking, you know, you give Nick Saban a month to prepare for a team, and, I mean, they're very familiar with each other, these two teams. I just think Clemson's better. I think, you know, injuries defensively for Alabama, um, they've not been good, so if they get some players back, that could be a difference. But, um, I mean, Alabama lost once, but they didn't have a very tough schedule. They just they just weren't the team that I'm used to seeing. And Clemson, they they've been rolling folks here recently. They they have a lot of good. They're six and zero against ranked teams at the time they played them, so they're very very good. And uh, I think I think Clemson's going to win. I just think they're better. And um, just wear down Alabama, run 80, 85 plays, just run them into the ground. They'll get tired and uh, beat them again. So I yeah, I would say Clemson. Hopefully, can put thirty points up on them. And uh, win another one. That'd be good. I don't think Oklahoma-Georgia is the sexy matchup that everyone kind of wants it to be. I think they're looking at maybe Oklahoma-Auburn would be a little better. 
Baker Mayfield, though, and that Oklahoma offense against Georgia, who's got a very good defense. Georgia's got great running backs. Oklahoma's defense suspect at best. Um, I every time I, I'm having a hard time. I'm going back and forth here because it's difficult to stop Alabama, uh, Oklahoma's offense. But I think Georgia can at least contain them. Uh, and I think Georgia would be able to put some points up against that Oklahoma defense. So I'm leaning, I guess, right now to Georgia. I'm picking Oklahoma because they got the best player on the field, I believe. Uh, yeah, defense versus offense. Uh, Georgia's schedule not difficult. I mean, they didn't play any world. I mean, they, they beat Georgia after losing to them. Uh, they barely beat Notre Dame. Um but other than that, I mean, they're kind of like uh, Alabama here. They they beat uh, they beat some teams pretty good this year, but um, Georgia didn't really play anybody that you that you really go, ooh, look at that. That's a, that's a very good win right there. Auburn was a little bit banged up, but uh, I'll go Oklahoma. I expect hopefully some points some points in this game. Um, yeah, should 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 be a good one. Um, and for, and for the next week's sake, I think we would all prefer to see Oklahoma in the national title against fucking Georgia. So we don't really have, I mean, Georgia versus Clemson or whatever. I mean, Oklahoma, Alabama would be pretty goddamn good. Uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, I think would be a lot of fun. Uh, Georgia, Clemson, sure. But, um, I think Oklahoma would present a better national title. Do we want Georgia, Alabama? Do we want an all SEC championship game? We've oh seen that before. God. We've seen that before with Alabama, LSU. But those two teams play each other on a yearly basis. Uh, no. we, we don't see no. Alabama, Georgia. No. So would that would that be good or or not necessarily? Like Alabama and Georgia, like, they like never play in the regular season. They play like once every four or five years. Uh, I wanted to see LSU Alabama the second time, even though it was terrible the first time. I don't want to see this game. I really don't. Um, I think Georgia can maybe win, but uh, I would much rather, like 80-20, I would prefer to see Baker Mayfield grab his crotch uh, in front of a national audience of 25 million people. That'd be great. The, the one good thing, if you had Georgia and South Carolina, traveling for these fan bases would be very limited, so that's good. Yeah, what's uh, where the championship in Atlanta. Atlanta? Yep. So yeah, big home, big home field for anybody not named Oklahoma. So. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. College football playoff. Uh, what what bowl games? Uh, well, we won't get into the confidence picks here. We'll try and do that here in a couple of weeks. Even though some of the games will have already been uh, been done, but um, let, let's just make some of these. Uh, what what are some intriguing games to you? The non, you could, like the non New Year's six, because the Cotton Bowl between Ohio State and USC is going to be great. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, Penn State and uh, Washington should be good. Orange Bowl, Miami and Wisconsin, not great. But uh, if I guess if if one of those tickles your fancy too, that's great as well. Uh, Camping World Bowl, Aztec Oklahoma State, uh, we like that one there. Uh, Citrus Bowl, LSU Notre Dame. Uh, they played in Nashville a couple of years ago in the Music City Bowl. That was a pretty good game from what I remember. Uh, Alamo Bowl is TCU and Stanford. I have Bryce Love. Hopefully his ankle is better. 
Yep. Uh, Liberty Bowl, Memphis hosting the Iowa State. Could have a lot of points right there. So, uh, yeah, there's a couple of them. Uh, Birmingham Bowl, Texas Tech and South Florida. Uh, points, for Christ's sake, the points. going to be yep. just an obscene amount of points. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, I think that same day as Vikings Packers. So, watch Birmingham Bowl at noon. Watch <laughs> Packers Vikings at night. Let, um, let, let's see here. Yeah, what, what do we got here? The... Uh, December 23rd. 23rd, yeah, the Birmingham Bowl, the Lockheed Martin Armed Force Bowl, and the Dollar General Bowl. You think that, I mean, you're mm. putting the Dollar General Bowl up against Vikings Packers on NBC? Corinne's, I, I mean, that's asking a lot here. It's not ideal. It's not ideal at all. So, a couple of good games there. Uh, Boston College plays Iowa, I believe. Yes, in the new era pinstripe bowl. Nah, that could be something. Um. Yeah, I mean, I see some games here. No, oh, they're they're all right. Yeah, they're it's it's a decent uh, decent little lineup here. I don't recall any year where there have been any home teams in a in a bowl game, and what? this. I, I mean, there weren't any last year, were there? Don't know. I don't this know. year we have at least three: Florida Atlantic, uh, Memphis. And Miami. I mean, it just it it's ridiculous. Um, the way it works. Well, I guess at least you know maybe they'll get you know the, at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl maybe all the Memphis players will get a free battery for the cars that are, they're given oh. to by the dealerships. So, uh, um, okay. I mean, the, the, oh, they don't do that. I'm not trying to get Memphis in trouble here. Well, we're going to get play. some. So I mean, we always like to see what they get for these five hundred thousand dollar. Bowl packages. You can't yeah. pay the players. I'm sure they're giving PlayStation and all this shit. Xbox, um, yes. Foster Farms Bowl, Arizona, Purdue. Um, you know, Purdue, 6-6. Six and six, Khalil Tate, Arizona. That's a game that yep. will be played. There you go. I like Texas, Missouri. The Academy Sports Outdoors Texas Bowl. Uh, Missouri rolling. Well, they got seven wins in a row in Texas' mm-hmm. defense. Uh, very good. That, so, that lock for Missouri, he the quarterback, he's very good. Hey, he's very good. So good to see Missouri not be terrible. And uh, Wisconsin-Miami just no. No, thank you. I will uh, pass on the Orange Bowl this year. No, thank you. So the bowl season, again, begins December 16th. Uh, we'll have uh, Sports Lounge on ESPN.com. Uh, join us. See what you can do. So fascinating stuff there uh before we get to college basketball um i i want to just mention the jack rabbits big win over northern iowa they looked very good in doing it uh and thanks to new hampshire upsetting central arkansas sdsu gets another home game and uh so it's an easier path now to play james madison but uh i don't know how much of this game you you watched but uh I will say that SDSU played very well, and they are playing as well as they have at any point this season here during the six-game win streak. It's been very good to see from them. The only SDSU play- playoff game I've ever watched was the first one against Montana. Okay. Yeah, I guess it like they played well, a bunch of points, got an early lead up at the half by plenty. So good to be at home in front of hundreds of people, so it should be great. <laughs> Yeah, New Hampshire has won a few uh, championships, I do believe. So, not going to be easy, but uh, should be able. Over under five thousand. I'm putting in five thousand people. 
I, I was, yeah, unfortunately, I will say that as well. Prove us wrong, SDSU fans. Prove us wrong. Over under. I, I will say it'll be right at 5,000. I will say right at 5,000. Okay, I'll say slightly over 5,000. Slightly over. Exactly 5,000, you get the prize of the century. You're going to say over? I'll say slightly over. I'll say slightly under. Okay. Um, so let's go to college basketball now. Let's stay hey. with let's stay with the Jackrabbits uh, because right. they had a big win at Ole Miss. Followed that up uh, by by shooting a lot of bricks. They built some Habitat for Humanity homes in their game against Missouri State on Saturday night. Uh, some cold shooting, and they lose by twenty two. Missouri State, who is going to like uh, who is the favorite to win the Mo Valley. So that hurts. No doubt oh. that that hurts. No doubt about it. But at the same time, looking at what SDSU has done this year, one loss to a team like Missouri State is nothing to be upset about because they are playing really well right now. Even if Mike Dom is not uh, as he, he's not as crisp as he was last year, his shooting's off a little bit, not scoring as many points. But then again, it's great that he doesn't need to because Reed Tellinghusen's playing really well. Uh, David Jenkins uh, coming off the bench, playing great. Tevin King doing some stuff. So this whole team playing so much better in year two under TJ uh, head coach TJ Otzelberger. Missouri State probably going to beat North Dakota State, so that's another win for them. And they lost to North Dakota State in Springfield earlier this year. There you go. They split the series. Uh, SGC shooting lots of threes. They're hitting lots of threes, but then that can be dangerous if you're not hitting the threes, so you got to watch out for that. Um, yeah. Uh, Jenkins Jr., he's, he's great. Kellen Eason's been good, so they got three guys now that they can rely on. Uh, point guard, they actually got a point guard that can do something because Mike Loris, he was pretty garbage. So, uh, new guy is doing well. Uh, King, I think, or Key. Key is his name. So, yep. uh, he ain't going to score a lot of points. At least he can uh, create some. He's got some speed. He's your traditional point guard. So, yeah, the team, is the, the roster is a lot better than last year. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, I mean, you know, them and uh, USD, that's what we're waiting for here in the. Uh, the championship game. Yep, USD lost to Duke by 16, which is not a if, if that's not a bad loss at all. Um, you kidding me? Okay. No, I'm not kidding. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Arizona continues. I assume, I, I assume they covered the spread. I assume the spread was at least 16 points. I would have to think so. I would have to think so. Um, so let's see here. What else we got? Oh, I mean, Arizona's awful, so that's great. Uh, Xavier crushed Cincinnati this week, uh, so that's that's pretty interesting. Twenty three, twenty three. So they more cover. Well, that's good. Um, but yeah, the the week college basketball things are starting to heat up. The Big Ten ACC championship, uh, the ACC dominated. It was not good for the Big Ten. Uh, Minnesota lost to Miami. That wasn't great. By the way, Big Ten starting conference play now is just really really weird. But um, overall, it shows that the ACC still a good, very good conference. The Big Ten probably down this year. Uh, and what what was your biggest takeaway from that? No, they just fist pound them every year. I don't know how they, I don't know how they do the matchups. I wish I don't know if they do it this way, but they should just do it. Right. If you won your conference last year, you play the champ from this conference. You know, fifth place against fifth place, last against last, and that's how I would do it. Yeah, that would make year, sense. You know. I don't know how the hell, you know, North Carolina plays Michigan. Michigan, um, they made the tournament last year, didn't they? 
Yes, they did. Carolina. Yep, they uh, lost the to... Did they beat Oklahoma State or no? I think, yeah, I think they edged Oklahoma State. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Michigan's all right. Carolina, obviously, national champs from last year in that game. Um, was all Carolina. So, I don't know, maybe have the matchups better. Who'd, uh, and, I mean, Notre Dame, Michigan State, that's about as good as it gets. Michigan State pounded them hard. Yep. So, uh, I mean, you got, you know, Minnesota, Miami seem to be pretty even. Uh, Miami wins that one. But, um, who the hell did Duke, did Duke play anybody? Indiana. I mean, that's, I mean, Indiana gave them a game, which is quite embarrassing for Duke. But I don't know how the hell you get Duke, Indiana <laughs> on that one right there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but I mean, you know, ACC, Warriors are not, they're going to be the best conference. Wisconsin seems like they're really bad this year. Um, they yeah, did, they did they win got, Monday night against Penn State, but uh, they don't look very good yeah. at all. No, they uh, a lot of, a lot of tough tough teams. A lot of, I mean, they've played a very difficult schedule this first month. But um, hopefully, hopefully they're out of the tournament for one. I don't want to see them. Forgot things. I would agree with that. Uh, them in Virginia, but Virginia likely making it. Big matchups yeah. this week, though. Villanova Gonzaga. That's Tuesday oh, night, God. so you'll know uh, what happened. There, by the time you listen to this podcast, Virginia, West Virginia, that's a dandy of a game. SDSU is going to go to Wichita State and lose by 40. Um, Texas A&M against Arizona. Who would have thought that, you know, going in, that if you were to give a seven, you know, the number seven team in the country in this matchup, who would have ever thought it would be Texas A&M and not Arizona? I mean, that's good. Arizona's going to get shellacked. Well, we'll see. I mean, hopefully they lose. Yeah, I hope uh, so. For A&M to win. Road game for AM, so hopefully they can get it done. Yeah, some dumbass picked him to go to the final four. I don't know who that was, but um yeah. David Schoenberg. <laughs> and and me, but uh, I'm jumping off that uh, that that wagon is uh it's in flames. I'm not gonna pick them at all. Uh let's Perfect. see. Anything else here? We got um uh, Oklahoma you no uh, Nevada against TCU Friday night. That I need to fuck up. Sign yeah. Up, Why is this in LA? Why the hell is this game in LA? Staples Center, some something, some some damn thing. It's, way, it's it's the way Jimmy V would want it. I don't know, just you know, some neutral site game. Um, I mean Nevada. I mean Nevada. I mean they're, they're my team this year. Mm-hmm. They're eight zero. Uh, they've got Texas Tech Tuesday. They got TCU Friday. So. Uh, more than capable than beating both of those teams. Those would be two very good wins. Um, I think TCU's making the tournament. Texas Tech uh, might be close. So I really, I really like Nevada. I uh, like to watch them. So uh, yeah, if they can win this game, they can maybe go fifteen and zero. They're in the top twenty-five right now, which is good to see. Yep, getting uh, Rhode, some respect. Rhode yeah, Rhode Island at Alabama. Uh, I like Rhode Island, and Wichita State is up to six. So. Look out there. Against two. No, I mean, they're, 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 I'm just saying they're six. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying they're up six. I'm like, they're playing Tuesday night. Uh, unless they're playing back to back. Uh, I'm looking here on, uh, Saturday's schedule. Let's see. I had one game. State at Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Colorado's at Xavier. Yep. Um, is Butler, our Butler squad, um, not, not doing as great this year. Are we worried that Butler's not going to make the tournament? Yeah, it could be. 
What are they right now? They are six and two. Big East. I think they'll make the tournament. Um, they beat Ohio State. Ohio State's probably not making the tournament. Uh, lost to Texas. Lost to Maryland. Um, I mean, they're going to have opportunities to win games here. Xavier Villanova in the Big East. Creighton Seton Hall. So um, Big East probably gets four teams. Maybe Butler's the fifth. Uh, Seton Hall. I mean, Seton Hall's a team nobody talks about. I love Seton Hall. Angel Delgado. Yep, I'm all about them. Uh, Rhode Island beat them by a point. That's uh, Seton Hall's only loss. So, uh, yeah, Seton Hall. Uh, Seton Hall should have a very good record. Maybe they get a four or five seed. If you're looking at their schedule, not difficult here for the next month. So, Seton Hall like, seven and one. I'd like to pick them to go all ways in the tournament, but it always seems like either. Poor free throw shooting, or their emotions get the better of them. Seton Hall can maybe go eleven and one here uh, before they get to Creighton. I like Creighton a whole hell of a lot too. Yep. So uh, Big East, Big East is fun to watch. Um, and uh, those uh, Xavier's, Wichita State's, Cincinnati's. Yep. I love that. Speaking of Cincinnati, they play Florida on Saturday. Very intrigued by that game. Uh, I picked Florida to the final four. I've seen nothing from them to indicate that that's a the poor decision on my part. So that's very good. As mentioned, Alabama and Arizona play. Arizona, another winless week would be great. Please do that. I just, I'm begging you for that. Um, and Arizona State at Kansas. Arizona State's ranked. I guess, who would have ever thought at this point, you know, first week of December, that we would say the best team in Arizona, in the state of Arizona, is Arizona State. Not the Suns, but it is Arizona State. Congratulations to Herm Edwards. Yes, yes. Now the new head coach at Arizona State, so good for him. Um, I'm, sure and, that, yeah, I'm sure that won't be a disaster at all. Nope, I don't uh, think so either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, USC is probably making the tournament. I don't like them. I don't like USC. Maybe they'll be an 11 seed. But um, SMU put the boots to them the other night. That was good to see. All right. Anything else from college basketball, the world of college basketball that we need to go discuss? Uh, UConn women beat Notre Dame Sunday. It was really close. Yes, a uh, nine-point uh, loss. I think Gino Oriema needs three more wins for 1,000. That's a bunch of wins. Uh, SDSU women lost to Louisville by four. That would have been a tremendous victory. They were up by them. 12 early. But uh, I commend any team, Notre Dame and Louisville, for coming to Brookings to play because nobody else does. Yep, Oklahoma's coming here Wednesday, so that's... Uh, very in, uh, th- that's great to see. So looking forward to that. If uh, they would have beat the SDSU uh, AP poll, they did get votes. They were the last team to get votes. Four votes for SDSU. So we'd imagine uh, you know, maybe four people put them at 25. But good to see SDSU get votes because I think they are one of the 30, 35 best in the country. Uh, Green Bay is at 23. If SDSU would have beat Louisville, I, I think they... Uh, would have been ranked this yep. week. And, uh, again, any, any team wants to come to Brookings, uh, let's let's have that. Let's get that done. Agreed. Fully agree there. Uh, let's see. Oh, like, that can't – we can't stop talking about college basketball without talking about our good friend, LeVar Ball. Um, oh, yeah. This man I hate more than, than just about anyone um, and – More than Trump? You can't hate him more than Trump. Uh, Trump it's, it's damn close. Um, no, I mean, it ain't. Oh, it ain't. It, 
it, it, one, the, one anyway. the president... <laughs> I mean, we could go down the list. We, we could, we could, but we won't go down that road. Uh, but Lavar pulls LiAngelo Ball out of UCLA. Um, yep. He's gonna, he's gonna look at his options. What options does he have? What school is gonna pick LiAngelo up? Um, uh, nobody. Uh, he's not good. His younger brother's good. His older brother's good. The middle kid, not as good. So um, Lamelo doesn't. I don't even, Lamelo yeah. might not even go to UCLA now. Uh, he got pulled out of homeschool. Look, what is Lavar doing besides being a sideshow Bob? Yeah, it's not good. It's all about him. Um, He's an asshole. I hate him. Makes sense for this kid to go to a small school, see if he can do something there, maybe transfer that to a big school. But I don't think he's good enough. So uh, poor choice. I hope this choice does affect him for a long time. Stealing in China. Multiple times, uh, don't do it. Um, and, I, and I'm glad. I'm glad he's basically kicked off the team out of school. I hope it affects him for a long time. Yeah, I would hope it would affect Lavar, but uh, his ego gets too much in the way, and maybe it'll affect Lamelo, but uh, highly unlikely there. But uh, I just can't stand that guy. Um, how many? How many names did he come up with? Lamelo, <laughs> Lonzo. Lamello, Lonzo Ball. Maybe Lonzo Ball. Do you think like lethargic was not uh, one of them? Like googly moogly ball, <laughs> ball. I don't know. Tom yeah. Go- T- Tom the Googliata. Tom Googliata Ball. <laughs> Terrible names. Terrible names. Oh boy. Oh, let's see here. Not, nothing really else I got. That hot stove is just burning my ass up. It is? Second. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, you got Stanton discussing between the Cardinals and the Marlins. Or not the, not the Marlins. He's with the Marlins. The, the Cardinals and the Giants. If you go to Baseball Best uh, at, at baseball best oh. Fans on Twitter, the, the best Twitter handle, or one of them, certainly. Baseball's Best Fans. Uh, thank you, being dyslexic here, uh, you'll see all of the reasons why no one should ever want to go to St. Louis, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, where should Stanton go, though? St. Louis or San Francisco? It, sound, I mean, it sounds like he doesn't want to go to the Cardinals for whatever reason. I think the Cardinals are going to be pretty good here. So I would I would go there. I mean, they do have the best fans in baseball, as we know. Yes. Um, I like the Giants. I picked them to win the whole thing, and they almost did last year, except losing more games than anybody. Um, either way, I'm fine. I guess I would prefer to see him go to the Giants. But, um, yeah, if, if he goes to the Cardinals, I got uh, big hopes for the Cardinals next year. I don't know why he doesn't, why he doesn't want to go there. But um, Is there any him. chance any chance he stays in Miami? No. No. Damn. I mean, they, they gave him the ultimatum of we can trade you or we can trade everybody else. What do you want to do here? And uh, he sure as hell doesn't want to stay there while they trade everybody else away as new ownership and Jeter take over. Just, uh, I mean, the team is a 75, 78 win team. They're awfully close. And um, if depending on what they get for Stanton, they can they can maybe still compete. So I, I thought if, uh, if the Dodgers were in the mix and they could get league, and a couple of young pitchers, that'd be, that'd be a pretty good haul. But um, I think Cardinals have better prospects. 
and players than the Giants. The Giants, there was a deal out there from the Giants that wasn't great, I thought, from the Marlins side of things. But if they can get the pitchers from the Cardinals, I think Miami would be would be okay. Could they get a third team in on a deal here? Do a what? You could like NBA does three team deals. Could NBA could oh. uh, could the Marlins and the Giants, let's yeah. say, get a third team involved here? I've never heard of that. I mean, I don't think that's ever happened in baseball. I don't know if that's legal. Yeah, baseball, that's why I wondered. I didn't happened. know if it, I mean, if it was or not. Like you would think that if it was legal, I, I would assume that it's not legal since it never happened. I mean, NFL. It. Uh, I mean, I don't know what, what it is with the NBA that they can do that, but uh, yeah, I don't know if it's just not permissible in uh, in baseball. True, it, it's not tradition to trade with two other teams at the same time. You only right. trade with one. You're going to ruin the sanctity of trades if you bring in these other more than one. Trades should be between Team A and Team B. Well said. How about Otani here? Uh, Oh, we're getting it. He's narrowed his list to seven teams. The Dodgers, the Angels, the Giants, the Padres, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Cubs. It would seem that the Giants and the Mariners would probably have... um, Definitely a West Coast heavy feel to it. The only, um, the only team that's not in the West Coast or in the South would be Chicago. Um, but uh, you, you look at this here. One would imagine that the Mariners and the Giants probably are the front runners for this. But I would say that the LA teams are all right behind them. Um, wh- where do you foresee him going? I see him going to Seattle. And if he doesn't go to Seattle, I think he goes to the Padres. The pod, okay. So not the Giants. Um, I would like. I mean, if, you, if the Giants could get Stanton and this guy, that's pretty good. That'd be a pretty good offseason. Why? Why San Diego over any other team but Seattle? Because they're so good. I mean, obviously the Padres. Look at the Padres. Um, apparently, his team over in Japan. They have trained of uh, they have trained multiple times over multiple years at the same training facility that the Padres use in Arizona. So that's the connection there. There's some connections with San Diego. Um, his choices. I mean, I, I thought he would go to the Yankees. That ain't gonna happen. I thought he'd go to the Dodgers. Could still happen, but I think it's probably gonna be Seattle uh, or San Diego. Uh, very. Very interesting this this process, and then who gets them I in mean, West Coast for whatever reason? Um, no big markets. I mean, if it's you know you got uh, some West Coast markets. I think I mean Seattle and San Diego are obviously not hot media markets. So interesting that he probably wants to go to a place where maybe he can lay low as possible because there's going to be a lot of attention yeah. on this guy. Well, and. And I was thinking Seattle and, and San Francisco made more sense because, and I'm not trying to make this a racial or a race issue, but I mean, you have a higher percentage of Asian Americans in Seattle and San Francisco. So would that, does that factor into this at all that he would choose those markets, especially with Seattle? With, I mean, for years they had Ichiro there. I mean, um, so you know that there's 
there's a connection there in that regard. Does that play a factor in this at all? I believe it does. Um, Masashi Iwakumo, uh, pitcher yes. they've had. He's an older Asian pitcher. They sent him to a minor league deal. He could make that team. Yep. So, I mean, you know, Seattle's had their history. They had a closer, uh, an Asian closer, closer back when you know early two thousands. Um, Padres have Hideo Nomo. Uh, part of their front office, also another Asian player yeah. in their front office. So there, there's a lot of connections uh, to uh, San Diego and this guy, Padres managers, Andy Green. He played in Japan 10 years ago. Um, Padres have tried this two-way player thing, hitter-pitcher. They tried it unsuccessfully. Uh, Christian Betancourt was the guy. I believe he was a catcher. And they tried him as a pitcher. That just he was not good as a pitcher. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of connections here with um, with San Diego. I mean, he's not going to get paid a lot. Um, Padres have the fewest monies to give him. Uh, Cubs, Dodgers, Padres each have the fewest uh, three hundred thousand dollars. The so bonus money. If you went, yeah, yeah. If you went to the Twins or Yankees, he get three, three and a half million. Uh, but if he goes to Padres, he's going to get nothing. So if I mean the the odd thing here is if this guy would just wait, wait two years, he would be twenty five. He'd come over. He'd probably get two hundred million dollars. But uh, he's coming over now. So I think it's going to be Padres, Padres, Mariners, Dark Horse, third option Angels. And I hope that's not him. Uh, apparently, uh, the Dodgers play in the city, L.A. With the yeah. largest Japanese American community in the mainland U.S., I well, that that surprises me a little bit. I thought does San Francisco or Seattle not count? I guess I mean if you're going based on pure well, population, the, yes. Well, um, this is based on population or percentage. Uh, I, this does not say. Um, I'm just. I would assume. I would assume. Tommy, I mean, there's. Eight million people in LA, or ten million people. Yeah, so right it, has, it has it has to be based on population. I guess when you when you think of that, uh, I guess what is is, it, is Chinatown in San Francisco or LA? Uh, San Francisco. I think. Uh, I'm gonna go to Los Angeles. Okay. It is in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. Um, and again, I'm not trying to make a racial thing, racial well, that's part of thing, the but I mean, that is part of this here. Um, okay. With the making let's say, say Baby Sackman's a great whatever the hell Baby Sackman's going to be. Yep. And he's going to go over to Europe or Asia. I mean, it would make sense of, hey, there's this little section uh, of Asia in Europe that's very Americanized, if you want to check that out. So, yeah. No, it, it, it would make sense that a Japanese. Asian-born player would want to go somewhere in this country where there's at least some semblance of Asian culture. That's completely reasonable. I I, I agree with you 100% there. Don't go to the Angels, though. I want Mike Sosha fired. Uh, don't let do not do anything to save this guy's job. Nothing. Yeah, here's what you should want. You should want, you know, if, if you want to kill a guy, you want to put a bullet through his head so he so he dies right away. If you want to burn him to death, so he has Jeez. to suffer, or you want, or you want him to have like a long-term illness, so he has to suffer for years and years and years. Uh, what you want to do with Mike Sosha? Uh, you want him to win like seventy-eight games every year. So they're not bad enough to fire him. 
and think, all right, we got Trout, we're, we're, we're just good enough. <laughs> 78 wins is the death. Oh. Is this long-term illness for, for any any team. So hope they, don't hope that they lose 100. Hope they win like 70. I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not wishing any like terminal illness. No, or, we're, we're, uh, we're not talking about right. Kosha specific. I'm talking oh. about Trump specifically. <laughs> but uh, just, Jeez. you know, just uh, examples here. Metaphors <laughs> and examples. Okay. Hypotheticals. <laughs> Hypotheticals, if you will. Well, let's steer away from this here before we get totally off topic here. Uh, anything else at all uh, that we need to discuss in the world of sports. Did you watch the Ric Flair 30 for 30 last I have not yet, no. God damn it. Was it good? You taped it, it at least. Uh, I'm believe- sure it'll be on again. Yeah, if I didn't, I will find it and watch it. It is, uh, it is good. I think it is good. Uh, uh, among the ESPN 30 for 30s, wh- where does it rank? Probably around 80, 90, 100 of them. Um, and because there, there wasn't like anything new, because you know I I follow the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good. I would put in the top quarter, top twenty-five, uh, maybe even higher, top twenty, top top fifteen, twenty. I haven't seen all of them. I've seen probably the majority of them. But um, it was good, especially if you're not, you're not familiar with with him. I think it's a good story. And uh, what there's there's no big one this year after the Heisman, right? So that's that sucks. There usually is, mm-hmm. but uh, there isn't. So I mean, they've kind of not done as many of them. Um, I think Nebraska thirty for thirty, mid nineties would be a worthy subject. Nebraska's got Frost. Congratulations to the Hildebrand and family for yes. the transaction. So, <laughs> what about uh, like if, if you did a? A thirty for thirty off of, let's say, you know, the Braves Twins World Series. Would that garner anything? Mm. I mean, you definitely could. Thirty um, like that, that maybe that's something for like twenty twenty one when it's the thirty year anniversary. I, mean, I think. I mean, you definitely could. Just, I mean, the two teams were terrible the year before, last place. I think there's you, know, you could do a couple hours on that. Like you could. A lot of them you could do a, a couple hours on. The Ric Flair one's an hour and a half. Could have mm-hmm. easily done another half hour. I mean, seven games. And you could, at the end, you could go, all right, here's what happened. The Braves went on to dominate for the next 15 years, but they only won one World Series. And the Twins struggled for 10 years after that, and they were nearly, uh, nearly contracted. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, these, I mean, the twins end up winning the deal, but then things really take a take a turn. No doubt, no doubt. Well, um, we'll wait and see. A highly unlikely a podcast next week. We don't know that the podcast will go on a brief hiatus. It will come back. Uh, Baby stack and watch twenty seventeen is currently still going on. Yes, we're all very excited about this. Um, yes. Memphis may beat Timberwolves, so... No! Oh, no! Calm down, calm down. Five minutes left. Memphis is up by one. Uh, Pelicans were ahead of the Warriors by 20 at the half, and New Orleans probably going to lose, so... Well, they were and, without uh, yeah. Anthony Davis, weren't, weren't they? Uh, could be. Yeah, he's got a, what, a growing deal. Um, Phoenix beat Philadelphia, which is disappointing. Devin Booker put up 46. 
He does seem to do uh, that often, doesn't he? Yeah. What did he have, like a 60-some point game last year? Mm-hmm. Um, and a Kupo, 40 points. Good for him. He lost. And uh, maybe Sackett. Let's see what uh, we got. The next here, we got the list of names, 10 yep. names. Choose from, so we'll uh, we'll see what we choose here. All right. Yeah. I don't even know, so it's going to be interesting. Oh, well, yeah. That's a hell of a deal. It is. It is. Just going to wait and see. I'm, probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose fantasy, too, so that uh, puts me in a must-win, a literal must-win situation next week. Looks like uh, I'm going to be tied with some folks at 8-4 and four for that final wild card, so it's going to come down to, to the last week of the season, whether I get in or not. So good, good job, Steelers. Real fucking good. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Who do you play next week? Oh, you got the guy who's only got two. He'll have two wins. Uh, he's on a two-game yeah. win streak, Krenz. You better watch out. Yeah. Um, might I say... Oh, you want to do me a favor? Uh, beat your wife next week. In fantasy football. In fantasy football. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, do I, I do play her. I will do my best. Uh, that's That could be a matchup that decides who goes to the uh, to the playoffs or not. I need you to win that because I need her to lose and I need some other jabron here. Powerhouse. Who's Powerhouse? My stepdad. Who the hell is the, the, the Is this the Chief Sam? No, nope, nope, nope. That's the father. Oh, son of a hell. <laughs> son of a bitch. Is he, he's not even in this thing, is he? God yeah, No, he's not. <laughs> I, I, I would not feel bad to losing the Chief Sam guy, but uh, Dwayne, uh, uh, yeah, Carson went, so that's not, that's not great at all. So he's playing the Rams, though. Playing the Rams. Huh? He's playing the Rams defense. Carson Wentz is. Good. You're good. You you you'll be fine. Uh, all I you need win next week. You, you need and Tom. Then we're gonna get down. We're gonna get down the tiebreakers here. If that's I don't know what the tiebreakers are. I assume it's head to head. Yeah, or like points scored. You need. I think it, it it helps if you have a lot of points. Points don't points don't hurt you. Is it? Uh, I think it's points. God damn it. It's not head to head. Head is not the first. I don't believe so. No. Okay, we'll look into this. So Yeah. It's gonna come down to it. It's gonna come down to it. Fascinating. And you know what? What hurts you is that Gronk is gonna is suspended. He's out for that game against Miami, but Miami's defense is terrible. So that'll help. Brady's I mean I've got golf here. I picked up Rogers as well, so instead of having one quarterback I have three. Um, Some would say if you I mean, have three, golf, you have none. That's right. If I would have started golf, I would have had a chance this week. And uh, it's tempting to start him as well instead of Brady. So, Brady's not. He hasn't been great. Hasn't been great. No, he hasn't. Better than Rodgers, though, since Rodgers is out. Yes. If I get in those, if I get in those playoffs, I have Aaron Rodgers on the bench. I can take this guy and he can be my secret weapon to win the thing. I think that'd be Great, that'd be the scenario you don't want to happen in real life. I would like it to happen here in fantasy. Very well. Very good. We'll see what happens there. Uh, appreciate the time, as always, my friend, and uh, we'll be chatting soon. I know that. And I may even start Josh Gordon this week, since he did fine. He did, and he's going to torch the Packers. I'm telling you right now. He's torching the Packers. Juju, Juju can go to hell unless he catches another 90-yard touchdown. I'm going to get rid of Juju. So. And maybe start Alex Collins. Oh, but you're playing the Steelers. Yeah, maybe you should do that still. 
Yeah, McCaffrey, we got... Uh, McCaffrey hasn't been good. No, um, he's better Fournette's, than Gore. Fournette's been inconsistent. Gore's just an old bastard that hopefully can get me 60 yards and a touchdown. So, it's, uh, you know... Again, I just want to get into the tournament. That's get right. into the tournament and see what happens. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, best of luck, my friend. All right, we'll see maybe stack in a little bit here. All right, very good. Travis Grins joined us here at Sports Block Podcast. Uh, always appreciate the time. Uh, it's up, yes. Uh, podcast will be going on a brief hiatus. Uh, maybe we'll do a short podcast uh, a little before Christmas. Um, and maybe another, or for sure, one you know prior to the, the New Year's Six games. But it all depends on when the baby comes. Uh, but we will be back. Uh, the sports uh, sports block podcast will be back. Don't know. Uh, it'll it will be shorter, but um, we'll still find a way to get it done. Uh, Charlie Hildebrand coming up next. Talk more college football. More thoughts on championship Saturday. Look at more of these bowl games here, and uh, wrap up the sports block podcast. Uh, look at the NFL more in depth here as we always do during football season. It's coming up next year on Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. Continuing here, Sports Block Podcast. Uh, we are pleased to be joined by my good friend, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand, our resident college football expert. Charlie, the season is... It, the regular season's done, apart from one final game between Army and Navy. Uh, where did the season go? I know, I always get a little sad this time of the year. The last regular season week when everyone plays, it's like, oh yeah, I guess there's only going to be like 12 games the next weekend. And you're like, oh, but the conference final games, that'll be fun. And then once they're done, it's just like, oh man, like it's it's done now basically other than the bowl. Right. I was getting a bit sad. But you know what? These are the most important ones too. So we got that. What was your reaction to Championship Saturday? I mean, the... The a lot of the conference championship games were blowouts. The, arguably, or maybe maybe not arguably, the best conference championship game was the American, where uh, it took two overtimes for Central Florida to stay or to remain unbeaten this regular season, defeating Memphis sixty-two to fifty-five. Uh, so I thought that was a was a, a certainly a big game. Ohio State, Wisconsin was good. Otherwise, most of them were just kind of blah, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the Mountain West game, uh, I think Boise State won like 17-14, so it was over Fresno State. So, I mean, that one was close. I don't know if it was a great game. I, I didn't see any of it. I was watching the uh, the Big Ten title game. Right. And but, I mean, yeah, did I mean, that I mean, even register like, like to anyone? who? I mean, if you had said, hey, did you watch the Mountain West championship game? People were like, yeah, when was it? Uh, no, and they were like, oh, it was coinciding with... Clemson, Miami, and Wisconsin, Ohio State. I think people... That's a valid point. It was surprising to me that the Pac-12 championship game was on Friday, and that was the only one that wasn't on Saturday. Like, in the past, frequently, you know, there will be, like, one or two on Thursday and one or two on Friday and just the big ones on the weekend. Yeah, like the MAC would be on Friday. Oh, the MAC's normally on Friday. Yeah, it was surprising to me that the MAC and the Mountain West and, you know... The uh, like I guess the Sun Belt doesn't have a conference title game, but then some of those didn't say let's do it. You know when we can get our own time slot as opposed to going up against all these other games. So I mean, I mean, like you mentioned, my guess is that most people, unless you were an Oklahoma or a TCU fan, 
didn't watch much of the Big 12 title game because the American Athletic Conference one was just more entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the SEC essentially had its own time slot for a huge chunk. That wasn't a great game. And then I don't the Big 12, or the, I mean, sorry, the Big 10 title game between Ohio State and Wisconsin, like, was close at the end and I think was a solid game. I don't know if I would say even that was, like, a, a great game, but it, but it was better than the other ones, just because, like you mentioned, there were a lot of rematches and a lot of blowouts, but unfortunately that happened up here. If so. I may suggest, perhaps, to the college college football next year, why don't you put the Mountain West... Not You don't necessarily want it to compete with the SEC, but at least it would give people a chance to flip back and forth. Like, start at a half hour or an hour before... Because the SEC championship, normally, you know, the CBS always does the SEC games at 2.30, you know, Central Time. For the SEC championship game, it was at 3. At least, you know, get it a half hour early, you know, on the Mountain West so people can, you know, flip back and forth a little bit to that. To me, you know, when you're trying to put it in a competitive time slot against two other, you know, Power Five conference title games that just doesn't make a lot of sense. That's not helping build the brand or build the conference at all. I would agree. You would want to look at it and say, if you're one of the group of five conferences, either do it on Thursday or Friday, or you have to look and say, who are we competing against? And I think it's safe to assume almost everyone would start watching the SEC title game. But if that's not close, which most years of the last six or seven, the SEC title game has not been close. At least it gives you another option to turn to something else. I mean, I don't think I'm going out on a limb with anybody. It, I'm sure you, Stacken, certainly have numerous times thought, well, you know, it's this is the best 2.30 game on a random Saturday. And you start watching it, and half an hour later, you're like, well, this game's terrible. It's a huge blowout. I'm going to turn to a game that's a lot more entertaining right, right. now. Yeah. No, I, I'm totally with you there. Uh and it's the same at you know at, at night you know when ABC's got something going on maybe Fox hope, hopefully has a game or otherwise ESPN has a game going on like an SEC battle so uh, yeah I I just think that there's some ways they could do it I do like how all the conference championship games you know were were broadcast I mean it was nice to see you know the conference USA get theirs uh, you know a shot even though they were going against the AAC and the MAC. At the same time, but at least you, you had three games there, and then you know the Big Twelve started a little bit later. So there's a lot that you could choose from. I think for the most part, scheduling was good, but for the Mountain West, I would say they got a little hosed there. But that's neither here nor there. Um, how surprised were you that Georgia? I'll, I'll ask this in a two twofold. How surprised were you that Georgia won first off? And if you were surprised, or if you weren't surprised, were you surprised that Georgia won as handedly as they did? I'm not really surprised that they won. I thought Auburn would win, but with Kerry and Johnson all banged up, you know, their best offensive player, I can understand, you know, that you're not going to play at optimum efficiency. And just throw in that, I mean, even though Auburn won handily the first meeting, that was, you know, a home game in Auburn as opposed to a neutral site game here. And clearly both teams are good, and, you know, I'm not always a cliche guy, but the old cliche is it's incredibly difficult to beat a good team twice in the same season. So I'm not shocked that Georgia won, but but I am surprised they won just so handily. And then, I mean, I think it could have been... Like, Auburn had some chances and had some screw-ups, and I think there's a way the game could have been closer if it would have been a bit different, but you could say that about loads of games. 
it just as easily could have been a couple differences or a couple of more breaks for Georgia and been an even more, you know, a bigger blowout bloodbath game. So, I mean, yeah, Georgia looks pretty good. It turns out uh, firing Mark Rick uh, has maybe worked out best for both parties. Yeah, yeah, Mark Rick doing a phenomenal job for Miami, though you wouldn't know it by how they looked in the ACC title game. Though, to be fair, they did have a couple of, a lot of offensive injuries. when they play Clemson this year. Right, and especially when you're missing, what, two or three offensive starters? I mean, and key guys, too, no less. I mean, you're just, you're not going to be able to do much against that stout Clemson defense. I, I think Georgia got disrespected way too much for losing to Auburn a few weeks back. Yes, I know they got blown out by 23. It was 40-17. to 17, But I thought that, you know, Auburn, you know, kind of, once the momentum started, it was like a snowball effect, and Georgia just couldn't get out of their own way. But I didn't leave that game saying, oh, Auburn is so much better than Georgia, or Georgia is so much worse than the likes of Auburn or Alabama. And I don't know if Georgia would have won against Alabama. I believe they would have. I just think they that this Alabama team is not nearly as strong as they have been in years past. But I thought Georgia got a little was a little disrespected and then people kind of just forgot about them a little bit after that loss to Auburn and uh, combine that with the fact that they were looking for revenge to avenge their only loss of the year. I think that I think Georgia showed a lot of people what they're really all about, but it shouldn't have taken that. I think people should know how good this team is already. Well, I mean, to be fair, they were still ranked like fifth. I mean, having a loss getting smoked, they they were still in the top five. Right, but they, they were going to be in with a win. So, I, I, think mean, they, I think they I dropped mean, to seven in the college football playoff ring. But, like, obviously, things have worked out well for them. I mean, they're plenty good. Mm-hmm. So that was the defense that you don't want to have to play again. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, so... Uh, we'll, we'll get to Georgia more, but any other thoughts from conference championship uh, Saturday at all? And Friday, too. If we, if we want to throw USC and Stanford in there, you certainly can. Not too much. Like you mentioned, the American Athletic Conference had the best game. Um, the Big Ten title game, they should look into that turf so they don't have to spend 20 minutes making it yeah. during you know, <laughs> crucial moments. Yep. That was odd. I don't remember ever seeing that before, at least not at like a big time stadium. I mean, I guess it's an old stadium. Yeah, a yeah. professional football stadium. Know. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's too much to I mean, like you mentioned it, most of the games weren't that close. So I mean it was you know, it was a pretty resounding win for most of the teams. I really wish Wisconsin had beaten Ohio State because I would have put all of the confidence points in our, our bowl pick'em, which you can join the bowl pick'em by searching the sports the sports lounge there on ESPN.com. So join us, uh, compete with us, see what you can do. But I was I was going to put all 42 points uh, for Clemson to take down Wisconsin. So I'm disappointed that didn't that that didn't happen. But when Sunday came around and just before the four college football playoff teams came or, or you know were unveiled, were you surprised really by or what were you thinking was going to happen headed into that? Going into it, I thought that there were three teams that should be in, and this is just one of those years where really only three teams needed to be in. I mean, I get that that doesn't make for a clean playoff bracket, but the, the, the fourth team we were debating about, whether it's Alabama or Ohio State, or if you even want to say USC, 
Like, I don't think any of them had earned it like the other three. But people were going to be upset either way. And this was just sort of what's going to be the best of a bad choice as opposed to what good choice can we make. Like, I, I mean, and I don't know. I mean, Ohio State fans are upset, I guess. I get that. If I was, you know, if your, if your team doesn't get in, I understand it. I mean, we have, you know, again, mentioning that there weren't any really great choices for the fourth spot. I understand why they picked Alabama. I was leaning towards Alabama getting in anyways. You know, it, it's kind of what do, you, what do you want? Do you want the team with with more wins and fewer bad losses or the teams with more good wins but more bad losses also? And, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think just in terms of what I think they could do, like you mentioned, I would not have had Ohio State winning against Clemson. Mm-hmm. I might not have Alabama winning against Clemson, but I'm going to have to at least like think about it and mull it over what I'm picking in as opposed to, you know, like you mentioned, putting 40 points on Clemson over the Buckeyes, potentially. Or, or Wisconsin. I mean, it had Wisconsin won, because they would have been the four seed at that yeah. time. And it, that, it, I should say also, like, you, oh, that's right, I forgot that you said I got Big Ten teams mixed oh, up. That's, that's okay. Wisconsin would have won. <laughs> I also wish Wisconsin would have won, but that's just because I don't like either Alabama or Ohio State. And I, I don't like Wisconsin either, but at least, you know, with Wisconsin, it's a new team getting in, and we don't have to hear Alabama or Ohio State fans bragging. I agree with you. I don't, don't do I, I don't like either team either, but you knew both weren't going to get in, so it was really just down to either Alabama or Ohio State. Uh, the good wins versus a bad line. And ultimately, what kept Ohio State out, I have to imagine, because I think overall, Ohio State probably had a slightly better resume. I think they had some better wins, perhaps, than Alabama oh, they, did. They, they did slightly. They absolutely had better wins. Yeah. They, their three best wins were better. Or yeah, their top three were better than any of Alabama's. I mean, like we mentioned, Alabama's only lost. Was too, I mean, I guess Auburn lost again, so I don't remember what they were ranked in the final poll, like seven. I mean, obviously Auburn is much better than losing to Iowa by 31. Yeah. Well, and that's what kept Ohio State out. It, it absolutely yeah. was the was the thing that did it. I mean, you can't do yeah. that. It's, and I think what hurt, it, it wasn't, had Iowa won their next couple of games, Instead of losing to the likes of, I think they lost to Wisconsin the week after, which there's no shame in that. But then I think they lost to Purdue. You don't. That is correct. You don't lose to Purdue after you beat Ohio State by 31. That's just that's inexplainable. So I think that what happened with Iowa after the Ohio State loss even made, or after Ohio State lost to him, made that loss for Ohio State look even worse. So I mean, that's ultimately why Alabama's in, Ohio State is not. Alabama and Clemson, the rematch, it's the third straight year, but this time it's in the semifinal. Uh, I, It's going to be at the Sugar Bowl, uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome there in Which New Orleans. Part of me feels bad for Clemson because the number one seed is supposed to play the closest to their home stadium, like to have a home field advantage, mm-hmm. but it's even closer to Alabama. Right. And, and Alabama's played in the Sugar Bowl so many times over the last you know, 20 years, that it's not even remotely, like, they, this is, you know, routine for them. It's like, a, and, and that's not to say that, like, that's going to be the difference between Alabama winning or losing, but I just, I don't know, if you're a one seed, you know, like, I'm not saying that 
the committee did something wrong. It's just one of those unfortunate things that happens sometimes, I guess. Right. You know, because these are you know, the, it's the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl that are the two college football playoff games this year. And I have to imagine, you know, Alabama goes to the Sugar Bowl so often, they're probably just going to open the doors and be like, Mr. Saban, Mr. Hertz, uh, uh, how are you doing today? I mean, they, they're just going to know everyone by name there, all the all the uh, stadium workers there. But this is a big game. Uh, I think it's the bigger of the two, uh, Georgia-Oklahoma being the other matchup. We'll get to that in a second. I, surprisingly, at least as of, as of now, Alabama's favored. I don't know how. Uh, I know Alabama's got a good defense, but this is a team I feel that's worse than last year. And while Clemson isn't as good as last year, they're still better, I think, than Alabama. Like, they didn't drop off as much as Alabama did, in my eyes, in my estimation. So I think Clemson's going to win this game, and I'm most surprised to see Alabama installed as the favorite right off, right off the bat. I would lean towards Clemson. Um, I would also toss in that Nick Saban with a month to prepare is incredibly difficult to beat as opposed to the previous two national title games where you had about a week and a half instead yep. of a whole month. Fair. And then also that a lot of Alabama guys that were hurt will probably or potentially at least be healthy for this game. I, I still think I would lean Clemson, but I, you know, not not a, not a slam dunk. It would be I'm trying to think who's like a sixty six percent. It would be like a Tim Duncan free throw, maybe. I would say something like that. There we go. Like, I... You feel like you're going to make it, but you definitely wouldn't be shocked if it was like, oh man, you missed it. So it's not a DeAndre Jordan free throw. <laughs> no, not a DeAndre Jordan. No. <laughs> I, you know, Wisconsin, Wisconsin playing against Clemson would be a DeAndre Jordan half-court shot. Yeah, that might be like an Andre Drummond. Yeah, yeah, a half-court shot is exactly right. I just think that Kelly Bryant, I mean, it, it, yes, he's no Deshaun Watson, but he's played outstanding this year. And, I mean, he's, I think we're going to look at the second coming, or like the Deshaun Watson 2.0. I think this kid's going to be pretty special here by the time it's all said and done. With Clemson, uh, I I just I think they are slightly better. They're more consistent, I'll say, than uh, than Alabama on offense. I think Clemson's defense is slightly better. But if Alabama gets some of these players back, I think that they're maybe even there. I, it's just going to be a great game. And then, uh, so I have at least right now Clemson winning. I think you do as well. Yes, I also have Clemson winning. Okay, uh, the other game. At the Rose Bowl, featuring two teams that are what at least a thousand miles away, uh, is Oklahoma's got to be a thousand miles away, right? Maybe I would assume that it's a thousand. Maybe, yeah. maybe a little less. We'll get the the actual total from Norman to Pasadena here, uh, or we'll try and get that here for you. But Oklahoma the gets state, the further west you go, the bigger the states get. So I mean, you know, Colorado and Utah or whatever you're driving through to get there. Yeah. It's a lot bigger than, you know, the states The states in the line, you know, the Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota. Yep. Like, they should be getting bigger. So, I mean, yeah. I would imagine it's, my guess is it's like 1,500 miles from Norman to Los Angeles. I'll find, I'll, I'll find this out here. Uh, but you have Oklahoma against Georgia. That means Baker Mayfield and that fantastic Oklahoma offense against Georgia's pretty... Pretty gosh darn good defense. Uh, 
Okay, you can say doggone good. Doggone good. The dog. yeah, there we go. <laughs> Pun intended. That's perfect. I, I will be honest here. I, I want to say Oklahoma's going to win, but every time I say that, I keep just getting pulled more into Georgia's corner, and I think it's in part because I trust that Georgia's defense can slow Oklahoma's offense down a little more than I can Oklahoma's defense being able to to stop Georgia's offense. Because Georgia's offense isn't lighting the world on fire, but Oklahoma's defense doesn't stop anyone. So I, I I would put more confidence that Georgia can put some points on the board and then slow down Baker Mayfield. I don't know if it's fair to say Georgia, that Oklahoma doesn't stop anyone. They struggle stopping certain types of offense. And I think the bright side is Georgia does not run that kind of offense where they're going to put, you know, or at least routinely have four receivers and try to stretch you vertically constantly. Now, that's not to say that Georgia can't score. <sighs> I mean, I think it certainly get hot. They've got, run, they've got probably the best pair of running backs in the country. But I think the style they play might be in some ways a little more conducive for Oklahoma to stop. That's fair. Uh, by the way, Norman to Pasadena. 1,337 miles. If you want to drive, it's going to be 20 hours and 16 minutes. So, 1,500 is a pretty good guess by me. I that is. By what? By 170? Yep, and I won't even say this is Price is Right rules or whatever. That that was closer than I said. So, um, But I... But yeah, and also, like you mentioned, I think it's... The Georgia offense against the Oklahoma defense will still be intriguing, but it's, the, the, the money time is going to be when it's the Oklahoma offense against the Georgia defense. Specifically, Baker Mayfield and the fantastic Oklahoma offensive line against the Georgia front seven, I think will be incredibly interesting to watch. Does the, I think we talked about it yesterday. I think if Mayfield plays like he did against Ohio State, I think Oklahoma is going to win. I think if if Baker Mayfield just has a, a good, decent game instead of a great game, then I think Georgia is going to win. Does it matter that Georgia's starting a freshman at quarterback? I think it matters a bit, but the bright side is the the style that Georgia's going to play. They can kind of mask some of the inefficiencies or lack of experience by just saying, you know, we're going to, assuming they can play well defensively, we're going to, you know, we're going to try to stop them, we're going to run the ball, we're going to control the the line of scrimmage and the clock, and we're going to try to win, you know, 24 to 20. Where I think obviously Oklahoma say we 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 want to get to thirty thirty five points, and if we can do that, things are going to go well for us. The other uh, New Year's Six bowl games, uh, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl is going to feature Central Florida undefeated, and uh, Scott Frost will be coaching this game still. Correct. That's what it sounds like as of now that he's coaching the game. And they'll take on Auburn. That's going to be at uh, on January 1st, New Year's Day, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on ESPN, Mercedes-Benz Stadium there in Atlanta. I want... You know what? This game has featured the, you know, the, the non-Power 5 team uh, before. I think, what, Houston took down Florida State a couple of years ago? I think that was the Cotton Bowl. But it might have been the baseball. Oh. Well, okay, you might be you might be right. Uh, re- regardless, though, is Auburn you now perhaps a little deflated after that SEC championship game loss? I mean, do we do we foresee that UCF is going to win, or is Auburn just 
Is their defense going to be able to slow down UCF's offense? And again, UCF doesn't have a defense, so Auburn should be able to do some pretty good things offensively. It's just going to be a matter of are they like they're I wouldn't think energy. UCF doesn't have a defense. I mean, to be fair, I think the two games most people have seen Central Florida play against South Florida and Memphis. True, that they both have. They're both in the top ten in the whole country. True, in terms of offense. So now. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that Central Florida has, like, a great or an elite defense, because they don't. I think they have an okay to decent defense that struggles against fantastic offenses. Thank you for reining me in. You're, 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 that's why I have you on here, to, to help reel me in from uh, going on these uh, little cliffs here, I'll say. Uh, Capital One Orange Bowl, Miami, it's going to be a home game. I'm surprised how many of these bowl teams, or these, yeah, these, Teams and bowl games have home games. Uh, where, where's the where's the student athlete experience being able to travel and see some of these uh, new places? So Miami takes on Wisconsin. I mean, it's good for Wisconsin. I mean, not very good for Miami, I guess. But if they want to hope, I mean, well, I don't know. I guess Miami fans aren't known for you know showing up in full force. If it was a playoff semifinal, maybe. But yeah, I don't. We'll, we'll see how many. If the Hurricanes have, you know, if they get their offensive guys back, are they? They should be able to beat Wisconsin, right? I would lean towards so, but at the same time, I mean, we remember not this season, but the year before, we were all positive that LSU was just going to smoke Wisconsin, and, and LSU won. So, I, I think, I think Miami has more talent than Wisconsin, so this isn't a perfect comparison. Because I think Georgia and Oklahoma are a closer in talent level. But I think this game's kind of like that one where, you know, Wisconsin would be the Georgia team that Wisconsin's going to say, all right, well, we're going to slow everything down. We're going to try to have 35 to 40 minutes time of possession. We have no problem punting, but we're going to burn two and a half minutes off the clock if we go three and out and try to win, you know, 20 to 17. Or I think, obviously, Miami especially – you know, potentially playing in a home environment, maybe not. You know, he's going to try to crank up the turnover chain, force some fumbles, get Wisconsin in third and long, and, you know, try to try to out-swag them and out-athlete them. And, I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't think that's a bad game, but that's the, of the six New Year's Six games, that's the one I'd probably believe in. Yeah, and that, I think the best one's the Fiesta Bowl. Washington against Penn State. Uh, this is at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. This is on December 30th. But this game, I, I tell you what, that's the game I'm most in. Oh, okay, maybe that and the Cotton Bowl. That's one and two. I I can go either one on on these ones here. I agree. I think they're both quite. It's interesting that the Rose Bowl doesn't have a typical Rose Bowl game, but they've got both the Fiesta Bowl and the Cotton Bowl to make up for it, which are much more traditional Rose Bowl matchups. Yes. Yeah. I, and to be fair, this this is maybe focusing a little too much on the jerseys. I'm more intrigued at Ohio State and USC, but I think it's possible that Washington Penn State could be more interesting if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I think the name recognition you have you have two storied programs in USC and Ohio State playing against one another. Uh, I know which. Which is true, and it's funny to say, because, I mean, it's not like Washington and Penn State or two Johnny-come-latelys that have never done anything before, but but it's, it's different when, you know, Ohio State and USC are probably two of the five, like, most tradition-rich schools in the history of college football. 
other teams playing home bowl games, which is it's just dumb to me, but uh, I guess that's beside the point. AutoZone Liberty Bowl is in Memphis, so of course Memphis is taking on Iowa State. Uh, let's see here. I mean, Wake Forest almost I'm has... On that one, yeah. I just wanted to say, of the non-New Year's Six games, I think the Memphis Bowl, or the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, might be the one I'm most intrigued in, because Iowa State's pretty good on offense. Memphis is incredible on offense, and it could be a shootout, so I'm intrigued with that one. I, well, I was just going to ask you what games or what bowl games you are intrigued by, so thank you for leading into that. Here, uh, the other one, uh, the Florida at Florida Atlantic is playing in the Cherubundi Tart Cherry Boca Raton Bowl in Boca Raton, Florida, which just happens to be where Florida Atlantic's at. They're taking on Akron. Um, so, just crazy how some of this uh, is going down. So, overall, any what bowl games outside of the the six? You mentioned the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, but any other bowl games that are really intriguing to you? Um, is it the Holiday Bowl? That's Washington State, Michigan State. It is, yes. Kind of intrigued with that one. Just that's just more of a the styles they play, the contrast in styles that you know Washington State's going to throw it. You know, especially in the nice weather in San Diego, they like throw it sixty times. You know, Michigan State's going to do the opposite. I'm sure some way the Spartans will find a way to pretend they're disrespected because that's how they play their best at times. And then you guys made fun of this one yesterday, and I kind of get it, but I don't know. I could see Arizona-Purdue being that, like, what? That game was 41-38. to I should have watched that one, and I don't know. I'm intrigued with that one. I just, I know Arizona faltered down the stretch, but I just think Khalil Tate is going to be so much, he can do so much. Or has he fallen back to earth a little bit here now these last few weeks? Have teams kind of learned how to, play him and corral him a little bit? Um, maybe. I think also it could be that, you know, he played U.S. He played, I think he's a part of it was he was playing better teams still. So, yep. I mean, but maybe you might be right. But, I don't know. I, I get the sense that'll be a shootout, though. Uh, let's see. What is what is the worst bowl game that you are that you're seeing? I mean, Western Kentucky, Georgia State, and the AutoNation Cure Bowl that's pretty bad. That's pretty atrocious. Uh, Celebration Bowl does not count, um, and it shouldn't count. But uh, let's see. Any other? What? Well, I, you have to break them down. I think between like bowl games where neither teams in the Power Five or Power Five ones, because I mean it's it's different. Okay. Um, the one you mentioned, I would probably agree with. When there are two group of five teams, are the worst. Which one was that? Oh, uh, what, what, what did I say here? Uh, was it Western Kentucky and something? Yeah, like? yeah, it was Western Kentucky and Georgia State in the AutoNation Cure Bowl. So, yeah, that's a non-Power yeah. 5 one. I would say that's probably the worst of the two group of five teams. Uh, the, the worst for the two Power 5 schools. What's, I'm blanking on the name of the bowl. Is it the Car Care Bowl, the one that's in Detroit? Oh, um, yeah. Let's let's the Quick Lane Bowl, Duke and Northern Illinois. Okay, so if it's Northern Illinois, that that doesn't count yeah. because they're not both. How about Iowa Boston College in the New Era Pinstripe Bowl? Yeah, it might be that one. I think depending which Iowa team shows up, Iowa at least has a couple of guys on offense that if they do some things right are interesting to watch and. 
Well, I guess Boston College had that stretch where like a month they were good on offense. So, I mean, I don't know, but, but I agree. That, that's not one that moves the needle for me. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, any of the early bowl games next uh, next Saturday, trip your trigger at all. The RNL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl, the Auto Nation Cure Bowl, the Las Vegas Bowl, Boise State and Oregon. That should be good. The Gildan New Mexico Bowl between Marshall and Colorado State, or the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl between Middle Tennessee and Arkansas State. Any either one of those do anything it's for probably you? Probably Boise State and Oregon. Although if Willie Taggart leaves to be the head coach at Florida State, it might be a little. A little less so, but probably I think I think that would be the one that sticks out the most that that first weekend. So college bowl season kicks off December sixteenth. Then join us at the sports lounge. That's the group. You can find us on ESPN. College football head coaching carousel continues to spin. Uh, last week, did we say that had Dan Mullen joined Florida? I believe he had at this time, right? I think he had, so okay. I don't remember if we talked about it. I think we probably, maybe we did. I, I, think, I don't know if we did. If we didn't, I think it's a good hire for Florida. It makes sense. I mean, it wasn't their first hire, but, right. but, or their first choice. But when you're third or fourth choice, it'd be a guy who won you a national title as an offensive coordinator and has been a successful head coach at a school where it's hard to win and Mississippi State, and you're taking them and giving them more stuff. Like, I, I think that's pretty solid. Uh, Oregon State's got their new head coach. I think it's some, like, offensive coordinator from Washington State. So, yippee-skippy there. Uh, the big news, though, is uh, we'll get to the, the mess at Tennessee here again because it's just fun to make fun of them now. But uh, Jimbo Fisher leaving Florida State for Texas A&M. Ten-year deal, $75 million. Uh, it, it, he threw his Christmas tree out. As a sign that he was leaving Tallahassee. That's how everyone knew that Jimbo Fisher was leaving Florida State. The Christmas tree was out on the street. Uh, Break this down for me. I mean, is this a good move for him? It seems that, I mean, he's been flirting with the SEC now for a few years. Uh, This has to be money. He says there is a relationship with the athletic director there at Texas A&M. He likes the vision. He likes the facilities. But I don't think he's got a, as great a chance to win at Texas A&M as he w- did at Florida State. Agree or disagree? I'm going to make a few points, and then I'm going to say something at the end to kind of wrap it all up. I okay. will say that, and I think I, I mentioned this a few places. I don't remember if I said this to you or not. But, I mean, there's only – it's a, how good or bad a current or a coaching job is at a certain school always is kind of fluctuating – but Florida State, I think, for the last 30 or so years, maybe hasn't been in the top five every year, but it's consistently a top five job where you can be potentially the best job in one of the best states to recruit in, in Florida. So it's a really good job. You won the national title there. He's the first coach to win a national title and leave for another school, like not for the NFL, in like 45 years. I think it was like Johnny Majors was the last one to do it decades ago and I think the ex- the expectations are high at Florida State they're going to be even higher at Texas A&M mm-hmm. a place where it's probably harder to win and they've had less success over the past you know 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years and as, as long as Nick Saban's coaching in the SEC specifically in the SEC West will be in the same division I think every SEC, every other SEC job, no matter how good, 
is a little tiny bit less good just because of, or a little tiny bit worse because of that. So it's very surprising. But the two things I would add is that I think he was at Florida State for eight or nine years, and if you're there somewhere for a decade, sometimes things get stale and you just want to make a move to change things up. Yep. And I think by almost, or two more points, I guess, after that, is that apparently Florida State doesn't have great facilities. I don't know if any of the schools in Florida have good facilities. That's kind of surprising, though, don't you think? But, I mean, well, Florida State was an all-girls school until, like, the 50s, and so they just don't have the same alumni base that, you know, schools that have been around for 100 years and been good at sports for 100 years. Yeah. I think that might be part of it. And then there's there's just more money at Texas A&M and probably always will be. But then the other thing is just that, like, for, for most objective reasons, Florida State's a better job. But all it comes down to is right now, Jimbo Fisher thought Texas A&M was a better job for him, and that, and that's why he left. So, I mean, I, I don't know if we'll ever truly, completely understand why. It's odd, but he wanted to leave, and he left. And, I mean, if someone's going to turn around Texas A&M, this is probably the best coach they've had. I mean, I don't know who was their coach before R.C. Slocum, like 20 years ago, where he was good but not great but this has got to be their best head coach in at least 50 years does texas a&m though carry the brand name that a florida state does because to me it doesn't but you can still recruit no it doesn't and the worst thing is it's not even the best job in its own state right and i think that's the thing that i always think of is i mean we have seen that you know a few years ago when usc was on you know probation Having some trouble, you know, some trouble. They were kind of mediocre for a few years. Like they had that one good year with Lane Kiffin, where they went like ten and two. But other than that, I don't know if they ever won more than like eight games and like a five or six year stretch. It seemed like. And you had or UCLA under Jim Mora had a good first two years, and it was kind of like, oh, is UCLA the Los Angeles team now? And then all it t- all it takes is one good year from USC. And instantly everyone's like, no, USC, always USC, they're better. Yep. And I think that's just what it's going to be with the state of Texas, with Texas and Texas A&M, that Texas is just the top job. And even though they've struggled and Texas A&M's been better since, I mean, I guess since Texas last played in the national title game in 2009. But, I mean, all it's going to take is one nine and three year where Texas is, you know, ranked in the top 20, and we'll just be like, oh, yep, Texas was better. I mean, the, the good thing for Texas a and I mean, they're fairly close to Houston, so you can, you know, that's nice recruiting ground, but everyone's going there. You know, LSU and, you know, Texas. It, you can get a lot of good players from Houston and the surrounding area. Uh, so, I mean, and anywhere in Texas, really. So, it, this, to me, it... I, I, I understand it, but I don't. But that's what Texas a wants to do. And as always, I mean, $75 million over 10 years, I think all of it's guaranteed, and those poor student-athletes aren't getting a dime. So, I, the, yes, they get a, you know scholarships, and that I, I totally understand it. But uh, you could pay the student-athlete a little something if you got $75 million just hit, sitting under your couch cushion. Well, you can't legally, but if they change the rules, you can. Right. Right. And then the other big news, it's near and dear to your heart. Uh, Scott Frost, UCF head coach, is going back home to Nebraska. Um, how how, are, how have you celebrated? 
What's that? How have you celebrated? Uh, I haven't celebrated too much. I haven't gone out partying or anything, but I, I feel I feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, this is uh, the most optimistic I felt about Nebraska in probably about seven years. I know since if anyone remembers who Taylor Martinez is, when Taylor Martinez was a freshman, mm-hmm. you know, running for running for 150 yards a game in Nebraska was ranked in the top ten. Yep, that was about the last time I felt this good that I did right now. Now I don't know how great they'll be next year. It wouldn't surprise me if they're only like seven and five next year. But I think by you know year two or year three, now that they'll have you know an identity, a coach who's been incredibly successful doing this, and maybe even more importantly, someone knows the lay of the land for the state of Nebraska and knows how to make Nebraska fans happy. You know, has, has seen what 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 you need to do when Nebraska is really good because he won a national title in last year at Nebraska starting quarterback. That I think, I think this is a very good hire for Nebraska. And then you look how Florida didn't get their top choice. That looked to be the best coaching job, you know, at least until Florida State opened. Tennessee is on, I don't know, their 11th choice now. I'm glad that Scott Frost is a native Nebraskan who played in Nebraska at that time to get the hottest at least the hottest young coach uh, out there. Because if he, I don't know, Scott Frost would not have gone into coaching and would have been, I don't know, like an engineer or something like that. I don't, I don't know where Nebraska would have started. It <laughs> might not have been crazy. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you, and you know, we'll see many Nebraska-Minnesota battles here between PJ Fleck and Scott Frost for years to come. That's the whole. It's funny you think about like two years ago, the kind of offenses that Minnesota and Nebraska ran. Mm-hmm. They were very slow, methodical offenses. That now they run sort of similar offenses, but they're completely like the other end of the spectrum. But they're like, all right, we don't need we don't need no stinking fullbacks. We need you know like three tight ends and a bunch of receivers, and we're not ever going to line up under center. The last last thing, I mean, I, I have to get back to Tennessee because they this this whole situation continues to be an absolute embarrassment. They can't get a head coach. North Carolina State, Purdue, uh, they all they say no. Their ad's out now because he was trying to bring in Mike Leach from Washington State, and then Tennessee officials are like, no, you can't do that. And then Philip Fulmer's like, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be the ad. So you know, Curry's out. Philip Fulmer now, former Tennessee head football coach, he's in. He had something to do with this, so I think he looks like an ass in this, and he his image uh, takes a hit or a toll, I, I believe, slightly. Uh, this, how embarrassing is it at Tennessee right now? I mean, is it even more embarrassing than it was last week? Because it seems like it can't, it couldn't have gotten any better, but has it gotten any worse? Yeah, I don't know if it's more embarrassing, but I don't think it's gotten better. I think it's probably at least equally. I mean, if it's, if it's a line for embarrassment, it's maybe not going up to get worse, but it's not dropping down either. Um, yeah, John Curry left Kansas State for Tennessee, didn't even make it a full year there. And this probably isn't like the best way to judge hires, but it's at least an you can gain a little insight into things and is at least interesting to note that when, when Curry left Kansas State for Tennessee, Kansas State fans were not even remotely sad that he left. I mean, frequently when there's, you know, guys who are really good at jobs, whether it's a head coach or an athletic director, and they leave, 
it's usually either like people are disappointed they left and sad because they wanted them to stay there, or like they're angry that someone came and took their guy. But when people are like happy that someone's leaving for a different job and they're like, great, we'll help you back even, like that's not always, <laughs> not always a great sign. And, you know, there's always weird politics to things, and maybe Curry wasn't bad at Kansas State, and he just rubbed people the wrong way but was doing good. I don't know. Clearly, it didn't work out well at Tennessee, and they're just, I mean, when, like, we know that it's more complicated than this because of the other things that have gone on and how the Seattle thing worked out. Mm-hmm. But, like, if we, if we would have thought two years ago, coaches from both North Carolina State and Purdue would like turn their noses up at the Tennessee job and be like no I would rather stay at North Carolina State or Purdue right. like I would imagine two years ago you and I both would have been like nah there's no way because even though Tennessee's maybe been off at times like it's clearly a better job than those two oh, but, I, I mean right now <laughs> holy cow it, absolutely, absolutely I mean yeah, yeah I mean that's the thing Tennessee is a good Job or it was a good job, you know. It, it was a kind of a destination. I mean, you're going not that you were necessarily going to use uh, Purdue or North Carolina as steps calling. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to. I mean, unless North Carolina, unless you're that in love with Raleigh or that in love with West Lafayette, and you, you know you want to be remain loyal, you're going to take that Tennessee jump if they're going to give you a lot of money. And, I, but Tennessee right now, I wouldn't touch it with a 39-and-a-half-foot pull. This is just an embarrassment all the way around. And, uh, yeah. It, the bright side is at least since they have an athletic director now, and it's guys with ties to the school. I mean, we don't know if Philip Fulmer will be any good as an AD or not. But there at least appears for the moment to be some stability now, where it's, you know, after the Shiano thing didn't work out, it was incredibly unstable. No one knew what was going to happen with Curry. There's at least stability, some, for, from an administrative standpoint. So you wouldn't necessarily be as worried about that if you're a coach. I mean, you'd be worried about a lot of other things. But at least you're not thinking, like, oh, my athletic director is going to get fired a month from now. And right. then I, I don't know. I, like, I think Tennessee is still probably a good job. But the problem with all these jobs anymore when they open, other than three or four of them, is every fan base thinks their job is seven spots or 15 spots higher than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And when you find out it's not, and, you know, when Florida doesn't get their top choice in Chip Kelly, or from what it sounds like in reports, their second choice is Scott Frost and has to settle for Dan Mullen, which means Tennessee can't get Dan Mullen and obviously can't get John Gruden because he didn't have any interest in going there in the first place. And can't get Scott Frost because Nebraska's lucky and has a huge tie-in and end with him. All of a sudden, you know, at Tennessee, you're like, oh, man, this, we're all down to, like, our, our fifth guy with Shiano that, I don't know. It, 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 just, I just thought of this, thinking through this. Maybe Tennessee's biggest problem is that they started with Shiano. They should have started with some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. And after Mike Gundy and all these other guys say no, and then you say, oh, well, and the fan base is like, oh, well, I guess we have to get Chiano because he's our sixth choice now. Is easier than like, oh, we didn't get this guy. Let's try to get the better guys who are clearly going to say no based off what's happened. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. If we would have had social media 20 years ago, maybe we would have been known more. We probably would have seen some things like this, but I can't. 
can't think of something that's just like so over and over like just you know being told no 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 from all these different guys so publicly I don't, I don't know it's I almost feel bad for Tennessee no don't feel bad, bad for them. don't don't feel bad <laughs> Uh, lastly, yeah. South Dakota State big win over Northern Iowa. I thought they looked incredibly, uh, incredibly well on really all phases. I mean, Chase Vinatieri hits a 55-yard field goal. When he hit that field goal, I was like, okay, things are going to be. It's going to be a good day here for SDSU if 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 everything's going good. It was like the polar opposite of what happened on Hobo Day, but they went 37 to 22. And then thanks to New Hampshire upsetting Central Arkansas, SDSU is going to get another home game in which they might get 5,000 fans there. That's maybe being a little a little gracious, uh, but. Uh, Huge win, and it was great to see. And now the road to Frisco gets a little easier, at least this week, before they most likely have to go face James Madison. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to like SDSU's spot. Part of me wonders if, even though it would have been a road game, they would have been playing better off playing in nicer weather. But, I mean, you can't say no to a home game in the playoffs when you get the chance. Right. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe they get lucky and more people will show up since they're... I, I, did, they, did they make it this deep into the playoffs last year or was it the round earlier that no, they lost to it, North Dakota State? I believe it was last... It, they they made it this far. They had to travel to North Dakota State last year because they had uh, a bye and then I think they played Villanova. Yeah, this ties like the deepest they've ever gone in the yes. FCS playoffs, right? Yeah, so yep. I mean, if you went... And you play it at home, you win, you go even further. I mean, certainly I'm not going to make any bold proclamations that they're going to win the whole thing or anything like that. Like, you have to like where they're sitting right now with their chances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's opening up well. Hopefully they can capitalize on this. Absolutely. Another home game, another chance to see Dallas Goddard, Jake Wenicke and company get a win. Charlie, I appreciate the time as always. I'll give you a break next week, uh, but uh, we'll get uh, we'll get you on here be, be for sure before the Power 6 or the New Year 6 happens and um, hopefully we'll maybe get you on before then as well to talk some bowl games, but I greatly appreciate all the time you've given me, my friend, and uh, we'll talk soon, okay? Sounds good. Talk to you later. Winter is here. Winter is here. Absolutely. Scott Frost, a frost warning. Uh, winter is here. That's for sure. Thanks, Charlie. Yep, talk to you later. Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City Journal. Appreciate all his time uh, that he gives us here. Great college football insight. Bowl games here again. Sports Lounge on ESPN. Uh, Definitely check that out. So, yeah, we'll wrap up this uh, week's edition now. The Sports Block Podcast with a look back at week 13 in the NFL. Make some early predictions and picks for week 14 here. All in the Sports Block. We'll, we'll wrap it up here for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. Let's wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Look back at what happened week 13, preview week 14 of the NFL season. Uh, let's, let's get right to it. Uh, it was quite amazing. Uh, Thursday night, Dallas found their offense, and Alfred Morris played incredible as. Dallas beats Washington 38 to 14. Morris, 127 yards and a touchdown in this one. I wish I had started him in fantasy. Cost me this week, that's for sure. Uh, Minnesota takes down Atlanta on Sunday, 14 to nine. Rather boring game, but the Vikings defense played really well despite not getting any sacks or interceptions. 
but they limit Julio Jones to two catches, Matt Ryan under 200 yards. Big day for the Vikings. And Case Keenum played another mistake-free football game. Vikings are 10-2. and two. Ravens topped the Lions 44-20. Joe Flacco in the offense finally came to life for the Ravens. Matthew Stafford injures his hand in this one for the Lions. Might not play this week, uh, so the Lions season hanging in the balance. New England takes down Buffalo 23-3, but as you know, the major storyline in this one, uh, actually, you know, Gronkowski's hit to Tredavious White, the, the Bills rookie cornerback after he made an interception. It was late. Gronk suspended for a game, and rightfully so. But that kind of overshadows the fact that A, New England played really well rushing the football, and B, Tyrod Taylor suffers a nasty knee injury in this one, but probably avoided a significant injury, and by that I mean like a patellar tendon. So uh, that's a good that's good for them. The Jimmy Garoppolo era in San Francisco started out with a bang. Even though the 49ers didn't find the end zone, five Robbie Gold field goals, that's ex-Chicago Bear Robbie Gold, helped lead the 49ers to a 15-14 win over the Chicago Bears. Tampa Bay had their chances against Green Bay, couldn't capitalize Jameis Winston, a costly fumble that was returned for a touchdown. There's a blocked punt. Packers win 26-20 in overtime in their season. Very much alive still at 6-6. Six and six. And Aaron Rodgers coming back next week. Jacksonville, uh, they just thoroughly beat the Colts 30-10. to 10. They outscored the Colts 57-10 to 10 in the two games this year. Uh, so, Jacksonville played really well. Defense running. Blake Bortles actually played well in this one. But it was an odd week. And I think the Jaguars are still undefeated during odd weeks in the regular season. Miami thumps Denver 35-9. to Denver's now lost eight in a row. They are playing absolutely dreadful football. Uh, Miami played decent in this one. Adam Gase, former Broncos offensive coordinator, does an onside kick late in the game. Kind of bush league, it would appear. Uh, some hard feelings towards John Elway, Broncos GM. Either way, uh, both teams aren't going anywhere, but this was certainly not a good loss at all for Denver. The Jets and the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs start out great. Two touchdowns in the first five minutes of this game, but their defense, it's like a leaky faucet or a leaky pipe because uh, Darrell Revis played only one half and he wasn't that good in that half. Josh McCown helps lead the Jets to a 38-31 win over the Chiefs. Multiple penalties in this one. Marcus Peters, Chiefs cornerback, throws a flag into the uh, the stands for a lucky fan to take home with a souvenir. Just not good Overall, Titans take down the Texans 24-13. Hard-fought game, but Tennessee does get the job done. Uh, this was a, like I said, this was tough. They fell behind 10-0 early, fought their way through it. And Tom Savage, despite throwing for 364 yards, 365, does throw a pick late that helps seal the Texans' fate, and they lose 24-13. Josh Gordon, welcome back to the NFL, young fella. Getting the mo- uh, making the most of a second opportunity, third opportunity, whatever opportunity he's on. He's battled with drugs and alcohol. He's overcome addiction, or he's trying anyway. And he started out very well. Four catches, 85 yards for the Browns. But the Philip Rivers, another strong day through the air. And the Chargers take down the Browns, 19-10. The Browns remain winless. But Brett Hundley and the Packers come this week. Just saying. Carolina, New Orleans, uh... What can you say about Alvin Kamara? The Saints rookie running back is possessed. He's over 600 yards rushing, 600 yards receiving. Saints take down the Panthers 31-21. This is a dynamic Saints offense. 
Uh, it's going to be tough to stop the one-two combo of Ingram and Kamara, but or Kamara, that's that's for dang sure. Carolina couldn't; they got swept by the Saints this year. Rams use a defensive touchdown early in this one to build a 16-0 lead. They beat Arizona 32-16. Greg the leg, Greg Zerline had another strong day kicking for the Rams. The Raiders struggled with the Giants. Geno Smith got the start in this one. You may have heard Eli Manning uh, did not start. He got benched by Ben McAdoo, who is now former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo. But the Raiders do get the win 24-17. They are in a first-place tie with the Chargers and the Chiefs, 6-6. Six and six. Top the AFC West. The Seahawks take down the Eagles 24 to 10. This was a this this ends the nine game win streak that Philadelphia was on. Hard fought game throughout. Uh, the Eagles with a few missed opportunities. Russell Wilson was great late, and that's, I mean Carson Wentz though a couple of incredible throws on their touchdown drive to Nelson Aguilar. Uh, 24 to 10 uh, was would be the final, but Carson Wentz impressive yet again. And then the ugliness that ensued in Cincinnati. On Monday night was nothing short of terrible. Uh, the Bengals and the Steelers hate each other. This is a legitimate rivalry, but it seems like there's they're, they're out for blood, and that was certainly the case in this one. Ryan Shazier, Steelers linebacker, got injured uh, in this game. That was not a result of anything dirty, but Vontez Burfict then gets lit up by Juju Smith-Schuster, the Steelers' rookie wide receiver in the fourth quarter, has to leave on a board. Uh, then the Bengals retaliates. Safety George Iloka hits Antonio Brown on a touchdown in the head area. Now Iloka and Smith Schuster have both been suspended for a game. Just ugly situation all the way around. This goes over the fact that uh, 17 nothing lead for the Bengals, and then it was the Le'Veon Bell show in the second half as the Steelers ultimately win 23 to 20. Bad loss. Bad bad loss for the Cincinnati Bengals. As we take a look now at week 14, uh, it begins Thursday night with a huge matchup in the NFC South. Uh, the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. Can Atlanta score more than nine points this time? They're going to have to. They're going to have to figure out a way to stop Kamara and Ingram. I'm going to say the Falcons win, but I don't say that very confidently at all. This Saints team is very, very good. Uh, but we'll lean towards um, Atlanta right now. Just being able to figure things out. They aren't going to... The Saints defense is good, but they're not Vikings defense good. Sunday then, Indianapolis at Buffalo, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. I don't know how the hell this game's going to go. I, I mean, the Colts are terrible, but Nathan Peterman is going to start for the Bills, and I think Jacoby Brissett, the Colts starting quarterback, is better than Peterman, but... The Bills have a... I, I don't know. This game's ugly. I'm, I'll am i go Buffalo right now because they're the home team, but this game scares me. I don't like this one at all. Minnesota at Carolina, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Uh, crossover game. This is the first real crossover game that was... Yeah, that's not flexed at all. That is legitimately good. Uh, I mean, Carolina desperately needs a win now to kind of remain in the... the position for an NFC wild card because the Green Bay Packers are coming to town the week after with Aaron Rodgers most likely that's not good news at all so they need this win desperately I think they will do just enough to get by the Vikings and end the Vikings eight game win streak but I say that rather hesitantly because the Vikings are playing incredible at this time Green Bay at Cleveland 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox telling you folks right now don't be surprised if the Browns win. 
I the way Brett Hundley has looked, apart from that Steelers game, I mean, having said you know this is the game he'll probably light up the Browns, but I just get the sense I think Josh Gordon could take advantage of the Packers secondary. Are the Packers maybe overlooking the Browns and looking ahead to next week when they get Aaron Rodgers back? Potentially. Packers, I'll pick them to win. But mark my words, I've been looking at this game now for about a month or so. This could be potentially the one game that Cleveland wins this year. Uh, So stay tuned to that one. But we're going with Green Bay. Oakland at Kansas City, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. If Amari Cooper plays, I think the Raiders beat the Chiefs. But the Chiefs' offense has figured something out here. It's their defense that needs to do it. I'm going to take the Chiefs narrowly in this one. I just don't like the Raiders' defense overall. Uh, Let's see what we got here. San Francisco at Houston, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Uh, Kind of a crap game. Uh, How do you pick this one? I mean, Tom Savage against Jimmy Garoppolo? I think the Texans are slightly better still than the 49ers, so I'll give the Texans the win. But again, don't say this with much confidence at all. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. This game got moved from the 425 slot because the Giants are terrible. We'll see what they can do with Eli Manning playing again now that Ben McAdoo's fired. But Dallas needs this one. Dallas is the better team. Dak Prescott finally looked good last week. I think Dallas gets the win in this game. Let's see here. Chicago Bears at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Uh, Hard game for the Bengals last week. Their playoff hopes are just about over, but I do think that they can beat Trubisky and the Bears. So we'll take the Bengals. Just don't punt to Tariq Cohen. Just don't do it. Uh, Washington Redskins, well, the Washington at the Los Angeles Chargers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Chargers are rolling right now. Washington didn't play well last week. I'll take the Chargers to get the win. How about the Jets at the Broncos? 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 or 5 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Who would have ever thought that the Jets would be the the far better team in this game? I'll take the Jets over the Broncos. Broncos are going nowhere. Jets continue to play well. Titans at the Cardinals, 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 or 5 p.m. Central Time on CBS. This is another tough game to pick. I think that, you know, Blaine Gabbert's going to play. Tennessee sometimes just loses these games they probably shouldn't. Arizona's defense is good. I'm gonna, I'm leaning Arizona right now. Again, official picks and predictions will be in the stack at stackattack.sportsblog.com on Friday. I'll take Arizona right now, but I, I mean, Tennessee, they're the real deal, man. Uh, Philadelphia at Los Angeles, 4:25 p.m. Eastern, 3:25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. We'll see if Alec Ogletree plays the Rams linebacker. If he does, I like the. The Rams to take down the Eagles. If not, I do think that uh, Carson Wentz and the Eagles will win. They overcame adversity last week, or the, I mean, that got a taste of it. But the Rams are good at the, the Rams are good. They're just flat out good. Period. Uh, we will go with the Eagles though. Right now, a lot of these games are just ugh. They're just nasty to pick. Uh, did I say the Lions at the Bucks? 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. I think I skipped that one. Um, if Matthew Stafford plays, the Lions win. If he doesn't, I'll take the Bucks. 
There you go. And then 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time, Seattle Seahawks at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Great matchup featuring two good defenses. Seattle's defense isn't quite as good as they used to be. Jacksonville's defense is really, really good. It is an even week, though. And the Jaguars don't play well in the even weeks. Take the Seahawks. Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. After that hard-fought Monday night game, do the Steelers have enough to take down the Ravens? Ravens are playing better here as of late. I think they do. I will take Pittsburgh in this one. New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. Then Monday night football, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. It doesn't matter if Gronk's suspended. Patriots roll over the Dolphins. Those are your look at your picks for week 14. The official picks, as I mentioned earlier, can be found in, in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com. Uh, appreciate you listening here. Thank you so much to Charlie and Travis for uh, calling in. And like I say, baby stacking on the way. The, the, the podcast will take a little bit of a hiatus. We will come back, though. Perhaps some shorter... Uh, the podcast will be a little shorter, but uh, maybe not quite as often. But we will make sure that we try and get as many in as we can. But probably not every week. But there's a... And we'll just see what happens. You can follow me on Twitter, at NDStacken, uh, to um, get a link to this podcast in the middle part of the week. Also friends with me on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. And, of course, that's where the whole baby announcement will begin at some point. It will will be made at some point here whenever it may happen but um i think the next time we speak i'll be a proud papa it's hard to imagine hard to believe but um yeah enjoy the football this weekend uh should be some good stuff here and uh we'll we'll just see what happens so um, thank you so much for listening to this week. You can find us on iTunes. Just search Sports Block Podcast. Otherwise, on Twitter, at Andy Stacken, Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Uh, enjoy the week. Holidays are great. Christmas music's on. That's always excellent. And we'll be back sometime soon. So stay posted. Stay tuned for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken saying thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Sports Block Podcast.